0: On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are thrilled to be back under investigation by AC12 for the return of the BBC's Line of Duty, which we'll be talking a lot about later on. Not least of all with our guests this week as arresting officers D.I. Kate Fleming and D.S. Steve Arnott, aka Vicky McClure and Martin Comston, who pop by the podcast for a quick interrogation. Plus, we take a look at Amazon's serialised reimagining of 2011 movie Hannah Catch up with the always weird but never less than wonderful The Good Fight and go full LFG instance no rouges for E4's online gaming sitcom Dead Pixels. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, the show that refuses to look out of the window as this plane hurtles towards the maelstrom of a no-deal Brexit, and instead implores you to put on your headphones, close the shades, and focus all your attention on the in-flight entertainment, despite the imminent likelihood of a fiery death. Joining me this week is the usual pair of grounding influences, the yangs to my rambling yin, if you will. Back from her sabbatical to Trumpland, we are rejoined by Terry White this week, who I am officially banning from spending the first 10 minutes of this episode telling us that she's finally caught up with the Madeline McCann documentary and has a lot to say about it because we did it last week. Hello, Terry.
1: I'm going to do it anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had no doubt. You
1: can't box me in with your <sighs> patriarchal rules.
0: Hi, oh, James. Hello.
1: I've missed you. Yeah,
0: it wasn't the same having another. We, had, we, were, we were peak white man last week. We were channeling all the white male power in the universe to the fulcrum that was this podcast, and I think it was too much.
1: Thank God my vagina has rejoined.
0: Yes, yes. I will say, Paul, Paul spoke about 60% less about vaginas than you do on, on the average week. So that was, that was an interesting change in tone.
1: Well, you know, I'm back as is vagina talk. Yes. So strap yourselves in, ladies and gents.
0: Larry's vagina monolog we'll be following shortly. Uh Joining Terry and myself is the last part of our little podcasting trio, a man who, it turns out, and this is true, has his very own page on the IMDb. He has on this page, 45 credits, Blimey. including such perennial hits as Doctor Who Confidential, oh, yeah. Strictly Come Dancing, It Takes Two, yes. and a little <laughs> thing called 40 Years of Fuck. Boyd, Whoa. is there something you need to tell us? Have you ever seen Strictly Come Dancing, James? I'm, I'm more concerned about 40 Years of Fuck, if I want 40 Years of you. Fuck
2: was a really fun uh, documentary on BBC Three, I think, about the history of the use of swearing in television. What finer subject can there be? Okay, no, I'm down that. with that. Yeah. Apart from maybe 40 Years of C. Yeah. (laughs) I I
1: think I did that. Oh, yeah, there you go. 40 Years of Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the
2: best people did did it. All the best TV critics and media experts. Should we say thanks to Paul Simper for sitting for Terry for one week? Although it was a festival
0: of middle-class white men. It was, yeah. And I, you know... See, I see weird. what you are trying to do there, but you try to deflect because you know what's coming, don't you? You Know that I'm going to bring up the fact that also on your IMDb page, what is Piers Morgan's life story? Oh, hold on,
2: yeah, I know Be- that was before he became the monster he is now. Honest.
1: <laughs> are You sure? Yes. What year was this?
2: It was years ago, wasn't
0: it? Does it say there what year was it? I think it was. It was like the it was like the, the early noughties. Yeah, it was like it was a series ago. one. It was a while. Yeah, again. and I was talking yeah. about someone yeah, I knew. Yeah, I yeah. think probably <laughs> interesting though. Story. You so you played yourself in all of those. You also have an acting credit. Oh yeah, for Rob Brydon's. <laughs> annually retentive in 2006 yes what, oh what did you gosh. play in that i improvised the role of a tv critic did you yeah was that a, a
2: stretch yeah it was a big stretch yeah it was a whole discussion about five stars and four stars and stuff like that it was quite good yeah.
1: hang on nothing will beat you and <laughs> shuffling some knickers in governance Stadium. Oh, yeah there's
2: that as well
0: the yeah. knicker sniffing yes, Yeah, yeah. So i remember yeah. this
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah i was also in star stories and i played um uh, heather mills's lawyer did you? Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. I don't Talking. even know if
2: that's on there.
0: That is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you seen your IMDb page? No. Uh, you haven't? No. Are you aware that you have a personal quote on the page? <laughs> Christ, what's it saying? Well, well funny, you should ask for it. I've got it here. It says Noel, brackets Noel Edmonds, is a ridiculous figure. <laughs> he should stick to doing deal or no deal. He's very good at it. Almost everything he's ever said about life beyond deal or no deal or Noel's house party has been preposterous, I'm afraid.
2: How weird to put that as a
0: quote I don't there. know why What's that's on there. What's going on? I don't that understand. is
2: the only quote ascribed to you. Oh, I do sound a bit like Alan Pontchart in that quote, who has got a vendetta against yeah. non-events. Why yeah.
1: did you say that? <laughs> I think it
2: must have been talking about non-events in some kind of media forum. Well... I mean, who knows? Anyway, is this any better? Is this indulgence in my IOD any better than Terry going
0: on about um, the McCann documentary? I don't think so. It's infinitely more entertaining. I'm just playing for time, so wow. hopefully she'll forget that she has to do it. We would normally jump straight into to what we've been watching this week. However, this week, <laughs> what we've been watching cunningly intersects with Make James Laugh, or as it has been officially redubbed by popular demand, Funny or Dire, That's its new name. Terry's rolling rice. No, no, this is happening. This is happening. It's now Funny or Dire. So Funny or Dire this week, Boyd has upended this segment and demanded that I sit down and watch the last five minutes of last week's... This time with Alan Partridge In which An Alan impersonator Comes onto the show And sings a song About the IRA Martin Brennan Yes Already a cult icon He is Because everyone in the Empire office Keeps walking around going Who the hell is that Who Who the the hell hell is that Who
1: the hell is that (laughs)
0: Terry is Terry's. Martin (laughs) Brennan is from Jamaica, but that's weird, but fine. Uh, So, yeah, so I sat down and watched this, and and Chris said to me afterwards, he said, he's not sure what's funnier, the clip itself or the image of me watching it, sort of stony-faced without reacting on any level. Chris,
1: Chris, we should explain, is Chris Hewitt from The Empire. Yes, yes, Chris Chris Hewitt. Yes,
0: Empire's very own Alan Partridge, Chris Hewitt. Um, Yeah, so so, so I watched the last five minutes Hmm, of this, and... uh, (laughs) Yeah, you didn't get it. You I did didn't you. really get it. No, what
1: is wrong with <laughs> you? I can't believe we've been going. I mean, what eight minutes, and I've already got into what the hell is yeah. wrong with you? It's it cool. The most brilliant bit of comedy on telly in years. And what bit didn't you get?
0: I mean. It, I just no it was fine like there was a it was, it was fine you say that everywhere by the way we should rename it it was fine that's what you say about all the comedies in this no, segment it, no, I, I, it's, there was a song which was well written and, 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 well, no there was a song that was well written music. that's brilliant first of all that is an, a prop actual song <laughs> I believe two rebel songs yeah. we is should it say two specifically rebels. just specifically so, so is, that a, is that a song that was written for the show no I it's believe not. they're so, so if I use that clip on the show which I'd been planning to do I'd then be violating um, some I'd be amazed issue. if there's copyright on, that, on that but you should probably check <laughs> alright well I might drop that clip in <laughs> so people can yes. hear him saying who the hell is that who the hell is that who
1: the hell is
0: that, that? <laughs> yes <laughs> it's going to be the kind of German I don't, don't like. know what's happening the hell is that who the
3: hell
0: is that <laughs> 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 Just just to rein this in ever so slightly. So you two both thought this was absolutely hilarious. I, right. So
2: I've been waiting for this moment because I was lucky enough. You know I like to see everything first. I do. I, at the Edinburgh TV Festival last summer, uh-huh. they had a special event with Steve and talking about his career, and it ended with a preview of this series. And at this point, they'd just finished filming it, and he showed that clip. He knew what he was doing. And honestly, in this packed auditorium, I... Nearly coughed up a lung. I was practically pissing myself. It was unseemly the extent to which I was in hysterics. Mm. To be fair, thankfully, most people were in the audience as well because they're not insane like you and they understand <laughs> what Purdue comedy is. But I've been waiting for it to arrive because I knew, it, as soon as you see it, it's like, this is an iconic TV comedy moment. James.
0: Yes. I'm <laughs> sure it is an iconic isn't it terry comedy moment
1: oh my god did it okay but let's get let's get this down to the brass tacks of the issue did it or did it not make you laugh
0: actual physical laughter
1: Uh, as opposed to what the (laughs) metaphorical kind
0: yeah i see what you're saying uh laughed inside I, I, i was amused like, like, it was, it was, I could, I could appreciate that it no, did Did you, laugh? Was, did no, you open no, your
1: laugh. mouth and did noise come out?
0: Nor apparently did I smile or react in any visual way. I wow. just looked at it, like, stoically. That is, I, I genuinely, I think that is pretty But incredible. I'm not sure whether it was because lit, the slip, that I didn't find it funny so much as that I was so irritated by how hilarious Chris finds it, that I deliberately didn't That's very want you. To find it funny. That's very you, to feel uh, that way. So yeah. it might, have, it might have been just a reaction I to I mean, Chris. all,
2: the only mitigating thing I'd say for you, I mean, I'm not defending you at all, but... <laughs> I think a, a knowledge of Alan and his history, and who he is, helps. And he yeah. adds to the genius of it. But I still think you should have recognised. It's a classic tr- thing, isn't it, to get to do a double, to do um, you know, like a split screen of one actor playing two roles, you know, going back yeah. to Doctor yeah. Strange, yeah. etc. Peter Sellers did like seven or eight of them or whatever. But I feel this is like, so it's partly like them, the, the creator of the show going, we can do the best of these things that's yes. ever been done in history, where a, a great comedic actor plays two things. And it's so extraordinary. But just the timing of it apart from anything else, is fabulous. I mean, I have watched it at least 10 or 11 times.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, there there has been some kind of, I don't know if it's a a true split or just some people with a bit of a profile um, kind of wanting to be seen to be anti this show. I still stand by our initial review, which is it is a brilliant bit of TV. And the fact that they just cob this into an episode <laughs> midway through the run, yeah. I think shows right. the confidence and the skill. And there is, you know, that each episode for me really excels at what it does. And then to throw this in and have every, I mean, pretty much everybody talking about it, mm. whether they laughed out loud or not, James Dyer, <laughs> um, I think is brilliant. And I think Coogan is absolutely knocking it out. the park and if this episode doesn't convert you then I'm not sure what else will I well it's
0: like I, I recognize it's funny i see that it's funny it doesn't I make me laugh but funny. I, I recognize Are it's you
1: like a robot i feel like you're like a <laughs> yes, weird robot yes, that's is. been planned that's been sent from the planet not funny yeah. he's like i can appreciate the i can appreciate the uh ingenuity and intelligence <laughs> but i must not laugh out loud yeah
0: chris, chris it was uh comparing me to the uh the termination terminates Two it's like, i know now why you laugh there you it go. is something i could never do there you uh, go and that's pretty accurate I I would say mm-hmm. I, you know I witnessed the humour I understand that it you exists
1: recognise
0: it <laughs> I witnessed the humour yeah. <laughs> I saw your earth humour it yes. left me yes. unmoved uh, look yeah oh, well. it, it's funny and Boyd and I were at the BBC this week and we got to go in the lift that appears in the first episode of uh, This Time with Alan Partridge so that was quite special that was a brush with Alan for me wow.
1: James uh, doesn't get out of the office very no, think no, it, <laughs> it was sweet it was, was, he,
2: was been, very,
0: he was very excited about the TARDIS considering yes, he's, yes. he's not even a That's That's true. true. Oh That's quite God, I took a not, picture yeah. of the TARDIS and posted it on Instagram I've not been to the Beeves since they did it up so it was quite exciting Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I had a giggle <clears throat> Yeah, it was, it was, oh it was good um, you know what else you I can't I put off movie? Terry talking about um, the I, McCann I documentary anymore I can I'm going to keep talking this is called a pod filibuster I'm going to keep talking until Terry loses the will to live which frankly I don't think is that far away So, so let's talk about The Expanse Terry um, oh. <laughs> no, no, I was what I was gonna say is did either of you watch One Red Nose Day in a Wedding? Mm. Nope. Which I was did, the yes. Yeah, so the comic relief uh four days and funeral uh, yeah. follow-up by Richard Curtis. Mm. I would say it wasn't very funny. No. That's, um, that's so that's, it probably that's... wasn't in this time it wasn't only you that wasn't laughing much
2: <laughs> ah. out loud at it. But I did enjoy it despite that. It was weirdly it was interesting because it was almost like not played. It was there were some laughs yeah. in it, there were some jokes in it, but it was like a, almost like a little comedy-drama vignette. Wasn't it? Yeah. Lovely. It was lovely. It made me feel sweet. nice and warm inside. Mm. I have to say that. So, and I think that's probably what he was aiming for. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't funny.
0: So this is, no, this is a gathering that. for the wedding of, yeah. uh, of Hugh Grant and uh, Andy McDowell's character, uh, uh, their, their, their child da- in their it, daughter. which is Lily James. Yes. And she's marrying Alicia Vikander, who yes. is uh, Kristen Scott Thomas's daughter in it. Yeah. So it's all tied in together. It was star-studded and it was like a celebration yeah. of same-sex marriage.
1: I saw the pictures, right. they were beautiful.
2: Yeah
0: it, lo- it was great. yeah, it was a lovely thing to see. So but I don't think it w- was what you used. My, my, my <laughs> issue with it is is it is it didn't attempt to do anything. And I get it, it's comic relief, but all the jokes in it were recycled jokes from the original film. And I'm like, you know, keep the yeah. theme of it, but new jokes, please. I, don't, I know the original <laughs> film, Inside Out and Back to Front. I don't need to see the same jokes again because they're literally the same jokes. However, it is comic relief, and I guess that's what they're playing on. It's familiar touchstones. They're not yeah. trying to do a proper sequel. No, they're ripping. It's a riff. Right. On... You have to be. Yeah. yeah. And his, this is, comic relief is all about these sketches and these special things they do.
2: Are all about giving the audience what they want. Yes. To keep and so them in watching. this, I think it it's successful. It's almost like a part functional thing. Mm. So I, I think I, I, I wouldn't criticise on that. And I did really I did mm. enjoy watching it, it, it. It's a similar
0: vein to a Red Nose Day Nose which yes. he did of last time. The of love course. actually follow up. I uh, should point out I love Richard Curtis, and Four Weddings and Funeral is one of my favourite films, okay, and I think good. it's hilarious like Actually, laugh. You're adding that in yeah, case you, you listen panic. to this podcast. No, I've, yes. Hi, Richard. Sorry. Hi, Richard. Really love your work. Yeah. Uh, no. So, 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 so I, but I think me too. I love good There's a part of me that just really fun. wanted. I wanted a small 50-minute sequel, like an actual sequel. Not How many a minutes? Yeah, 50. No, 15. I mean, 50. Right. I'd take. 50. You wanted your own thing. And I want, he didn't give it to you. No. What I want is five weddings and a funeral. That's essentially what yeah, I want. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I thought it was. I, I enjoyed it. I, I was going
2: to say. I was going to like you say it was fine, but I, I thought it was I, I enjoyed it more than yeah. that. Yeah. But there, you know what? There was also a really Funny Alan Partridge sketch on Current Relief Night, which I think you can see online somewhere. And there's is, a Bodyguard one as well, wasn't there? There's a Bodyguard one. Yeah, was that That's good? Of, bodyguard one was again. It was like giving people what they want. Yeah, yes, it yeah. Combined, yeah. kind of, yeah, without spoiling anything, it, it it gave you something you wanted. It was gags, wasn't it? Like, yeah. it, was, it was a joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Did you see also this week that um, Jed Mercurio tweeted about the Grimleys? Do you remember when you when I mentioned in my article about um, Jed Mercurio in Pilot TV Magazine that he did make ITV sitcom The Grimleys with Noddy Holder of Slade fame? Yeah. I, <laughs> response was like, "What?". <laughs> But it is
0: real.
1: What is happening?
0: <laughs> All right. This this is. Uh, I realise that this is going to work for me. So this is what I'm going to do, Terry. I'm bringing up my stopwatch. I'm going to give you 60 seconds. Sixty to talk seconds. about Madeline McCann. 60 seconds. You ready? Three, two, one, go.
1: So this weekend, I came back from LA. i have been saving the Madeline McCann documentary. It is the most overextended documentary series I've ever seen. In which something that could have been nailed in. An hour, very nicely, was stretched and random and little narrative diversions that really had nothing to do ultimately with the Madeleine McCann um, thing. And I felt quite cheated, actually, and disappointed and uh, only made it through the first, I think, four episodes. 30 seconds left. I stopped. And I also watched Pose this week and I loved it. And I'm gutted I missed us reviewing it last week. And if you haven't watched Pose, watch it. um, The end.
0: Well done. That was 40 seconds and you even fit a pose review in there as well. That's that no more than good. 30 seconds on but Madeleine McCann. Can I ask McCann. a
2: question of Terry? Do mm. you know the bit in episode one of the Madeline McCann documentary where suddenly there's a to-camera reporter in the
4: middle <laughs> Right. So
1: I was like, hang on, they're completely changing the format <laughs> yeah. of this documentary
2: and then And he doesn't
4: come
1: back. Again. He disappears. And then I was thinking, but well, is now, that a bit of... Uh, footage they've used from somewhere else <laughs> right. without giving you the contact. I don't think it is. Or if they filmed him for the thing, it was. It feels, to be honest, it felt in. It felt in bad faith because I think they knew that that would get people talking. The very subject matter, right? Right. But the way it's been executed to extend it over multiple, multiple, multiple episodes. Some of the most random narrative diversions I've ever seen within (laughs) Mm. a documentary. And, you know, I understand that there's a need to keep her case in the headlines, and she is still missing, and it's terribly, terribly sad. But purely from a filmmaking perspective, there was some... Bonkers, 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 bonkers! Decisions in there, yep, like, like using a, a like. Suddenly, you're in Crime Watch, and there's somebody going blah 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 blah, to the camera, and I'm like, so, and he never comes back. Never comes.
2: Honestly, back. Jamie, it's weird. He says one sentence, and then he never comes back. But, I
1: rewound it. I went to yeah, my boyfriend. I was like, Hang on, so did they just bizarre. drop in a crime yeah. reporter <laughs> who's just narrated Honestly. it? You know, like on Crime Watch, and they go, she really yeah. regretted, you know, not looking after her bag properly that day eyes to camera it was one of those
0: boyd i hold you fully responsible for the last two minutes Just-
2: no i genuinely had to because I, I think everyone watching it has the same moment where they're like what du- what wtf
1: <laughs> what,
0: is going what the wtf You are the most middle-aged man in the world what wtf we're gonna
1: have a word about an later okay
0: omg yeah you didn't get this you see the uh the gaming acronyms I dropped into the intro. No. Yeah, yeah so I don't draw your attention to your own intro. I'm just saying, I'm just yeah. saying that was some that was some hot acronym <laughs> I was very proud of that, thanks. Oh my God,
1: you're such a loser. Oh.
0: <laughs> Well, we're going to get onto some acronyms a little bit later on. But until then, should we move on to news? You like no, well, you've been, I've been watching. I, we have to talk about what we've been watching this week,
2: James. Oh, do we? Yes. See, I
0: feel you kind of lost your chance to speak because you oh, fucking beat te- like Terry up for more bloody man no, than I can.
2: All I'm going to say very quickly is because when we reviewed the OA part two last week. Yeah. We'd seen six, ep- well, I'd seen six episodes, yep. which they officially made available to critics in yes. advance. I think you watched a couple. I have. Now, I got up this morning, recording this on Friday, I got up at 8am, I watched the final two episodes, and all I can say is, because everything, last week I launched a frankly embarrassing love letter to the show, and it is one of my favourite shows of all time. Yep. The, the finale, James, honestly, you, wait, the the final scenes... Nothing has prepared me, and I thought I was open to every possibility that they okay. could come up with. Nothing will prepare you, or anyone who hasn't yet seen the final episode, honestly, <laughs> for the ending. It is, it is a fucking amazing, audacious piece of television. I think it's one of them, and I think now the whole show, because there's all kinds of things that happen in part two throughout the episodes, but with that ending now, and thinking about where does this take us, it's like now becomes one of the most incredible, bold things I've ever seen on TV. Without obviously discussing anything plot related, yeah.
0: is there a third season being developed? There has to be.
2: Absolutely, has to be. In there, so in there, in their heads, there's like five seasons. I think. Definitely. Right. Okay. So unless you know Netflix goes crazy, <laughs> they have to give them okay. the next three four i think they just announced they're going they're doing five seasons in one go but you see the end they can't stop it there. they
0: have to carry on and tell us what the very fuck exciting. is going on i'm I'm very much looking forward to that i have not not had a chance to watch the rest of them yet mm. but it's definitely I mean, on my list a, and mm. i've been recommending it to everyone i can basically encounter good on twitter and otherwise have you ever watched it terry what the oa the first season yeah. yes. oh good okay yes okay. yeah just checking we're all we're all on the same page Britt marling
2: absolute Genius, I think, and Zal so Manley both, yeah, both together, together. Of them together. But she, mm. I think, as, as he, as we said last week, she's the only showrunner and lead actor who is a female <laughs> yeah. in the world of television, hour-long television. It's an incredible achievement. The I I'm don't explaining feel that. what they said.
0: Okay. Thank you. We can carry on now. Fine. Okay. What so, have you been watching, James? What have I been watching? I watched the last five minutes of oh, this yeah. time with Alan Partridge. But now you're mixing the, the strands. Yeah. I know. Well, so. that's oh, there's there's all kinds of mixing coming up. Okay. You you wait all and right. see. I've turned this whole episode on its head. Oh, Blimey, Terry, okay. what are you doing? You're right? Stood up. Terry standing up?
1: up. Is there is Does anybody have a charger? Uh, a
0: charger? <laughs> no, a no. Laptop charger. No, no.
1: Mine's
0: about
4: to die. Have oh, does no. this
0: mean you actually have to pay attention to the podcast? No, Surely not. My Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Due to the marvels of editing, we didn't have to listen to the part where Terry gets up, leaves the room, and spends 10 minutes rummaging around the studio trying to find a charger for her laptop so that she can play around and ignore me while I'm talking. So that's, uh, that's good.
1: Can I just apologize to whoever it is on Jazz FM who I stole the uh, charger from and had to go under their desk and pull all the desks apart and. Uh, Whose, um, whose
0: drawers you were rummaging through. I
1: didn't go to his drawers or her drawers. That would be inappropriate. Yeah? You I think? I just crawled around on the floor for a bit. <laughs>
0: well, wow. Well, you're all charged up now.
1: Continue on.
0: And in time for news. Who would like to kick off news? Well, the Stranger Things trailer. The Stranger we Things watch trailer. Or do we all watch the Every, Stranger
2: Things we trailer? We all watch the Stranger yeah. Things trailer. I was particularly excited because I did go on set as we, we all did. know. Yeah. And so um, I, there were bits of that trailer I saw being filmed, particularly in... There's a, So a lot of this next season takes place in a new shopping mall they build in the town, in the fictional town. It's in 1985 now, and the whole thing's set in the summer. So there's they, the, the creators talked about how there's going to be a summery vibe. It's a different thing. So yeah. rather than being in the school term... Yeah, because it's the 4th of July. Yeah, thing, so it's 4th of yeah. July. So they're all running amok in the swimming pool, hanging out at the mall, um, getting jobs in the ice cream parlour, and that whole vibe of it, I'm using the word vibe for the second time, mm. I absolutely loved. It had a kind of like yeah. a woozy, you know, yeah, thing going on. Does, so I, I just thought... and they. Everything they talked about, all the, all the actors and everything, when, when I went on set, I thought, oh, yeah, you've really, in this trailer, however long it is, too minutes, too minutes, you've kind of captured exactly what they're banging on about. Yeah, it made set.
0: me very excited.
1: Yeah, well, it was it was still slightly kind of scary and menacing. Yeah, All course, those yeah. amazing little references. Um, and it, it is going to be in the next issue of Pilot, yeah. I think we can say, which is yes. uh, going to be on sale June 13th. Um, and Boyd has the scoop. Right, Boyd?
0: Yes, very exciting. Very exciting. Scoop. Uh, that's not been the only trailer, though, this week, has it? Did you watch the trailer for the Deadwood movie?
2: Yeah. Now, now is this officially TV news or is it no, film this news? Is,
0: this is TV news because, let's so be I'm... honest, this isn't a movie, is it? It's, it's, it's a one-off event, I believe, Terry. Isn't that right? It's a one-off TV event.
1: Isn't it a movie?
0: Is it coming out in cinemas? No, it fucking isn't.
1: Well, if those are the rules, then we you know, you and like no, no, yeah,
0: I are going a big old chat. It's I an ongoing debate. This is definitely in our wheelhouse because it's a continuation of a TV show and it's well, happening on yeah, TV. And yeah. just because it's a one-off event. And I seem to recall, Terry, you yeah. insisting we review something previously that was a one-off event, which I insisted was just a film. Wasn't it Brexit? The Uncivil War. That which was is-
1: not a film. It's a, clearly a fucking it was film. Not a film. It was not a film. It's it
0: was a, a, it a feature-length drama. Was in it in <laughs> what makes that a not film <laughs> or makes Deadwood a film? Well, it's just, you know, just, I don't know. It's I an think, open question. I that's why I brought it up. Apologies for bringing it up. definitions can be twisted to fit whatever mood you two are in at any given time. Absolutely, but, pretty much.
1: categorically yeah. true. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so the new uh, trailer for, for the Deadwood Not Movie One-Off <laughs> Drama TV Televisual Event thing happens. And that's very exciting. We see Seth, we see Al, we see... Oh, it looks very good. You just don't care at all, do you? <laughs> no,
1: but I'll tell you what I do care about. The politician.
0: Oh, yeah. Did you see, that has oh, happened God, yeah. just within the yes. last
1: couple of hours. So this is the Ryan Murphy Netflix show. It's been given a global premiere date, which is September 27th. And the poster they've put in the email that they sent out is amazing. because It just lists, basically, <laughs> yeah. all the people in it, which, you know, when you're talking about... Gwyneth Paltrow, Jessica Lange, Lucy Boynton, um, Lucy... No, Laura Dreyfus, Theo Germain. I mean, it is literally ridiculous. And Ben Platt, who is playing the lead part. So this is um, about a kid from Santa Barbara um, who was basically known since the age of seven that he's going to be the president of the United States. Um, It's got a little bit... When you see the um, poster, it's got a little bit of the election vibe. Mm. I mean, Ryan Murphy... Kind of being given that level of cast and presumably budget on Netflix, I think is like very very exciting.
0: Yeah, I'm
2: yeah, down with that. be more excited. Yeah,
1: funny, it's meant to be a bit satire, bit yeah. comedy, classic Ryan Murphy. I think it'll it's bound to be slick as anything. Um, James will never watch that show. Uh, hold on, <laughs> why, why, why wouldn't I watch it? <laughs> James, have you what have you watched of Ryan Murphy?
0: American Horror Story. I mean, okay, <laughs> let's be honest. I watched part of the first season and part, part of, the of the first most episode. Season. <laughs> no, I watched yeah, okay. I watched the first episode of the first season, and well, I watched. Uh, you also
2: watched Pose last week because you had to. Well, you know, which you quite enjoyed, didn't you? In the end, yes. Did yes, you watch it in so, full? I, I hope you watched it in full. Mean, oh most, Jesus Christ! I wasn't. <laughs> don't you don't even have to answer that truthfully. Just lie. <laughs> yes, yes, I watched yes, it Yes, I more. diligently watched the whole thing because it was really important.
0: <laughs> Look, I will watch this. I like politics. Well, the West Wing is my favorite ever TV show. Politics, I'm down with that stuff. But
1: this is more kind of because it's about being a um, uh, student body president and that campaign alongside this this knowledge that he will one. day be President of the United States and I think it's bound to therefore explore all the stuff about coming of age and uh, if
0: he knows he's going to be President of the United States does that mean that there's a sci-fi time travel element
1: because I, I am I
0: don't on think board so. with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then a spaceship comes down. Uh, that's the only, yeah. thing you, that's the only way of, to get you interested. Uh, you're thinking
0: of Dead Zone, aren't you? The, Maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, possibly. Uh, have you had Miranda Richardson has joined the uh, Game of Thrones people? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's exciting. That's yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was going to be of costly news of one of your two favourite things <laughs> that you bang yeah. on about every week. No, see, I was going to tell you that there's been a little bit of interest in Star Trek Discovery Season 3 in that two characters, one in particular, will not be returning for season three. But A, I'm not going to talk about it for two reasons. One, because it's just me banging on about Star Trek again. And two, it's a little bit of a spoiler, I think, so I'm not going to say oh. who it is. But I'm very disappointed that in particular one of these characters will not be returning for season three because uh, I thought that character was great. But anyway, yes, Miranda Richardson has joined the, uh, the Jane Goldman written prequel to Game of Thrones, which we're calling The Long Night, perhaps incorrectly. And that, that's pretty good. I don't, no one knows who she's playing, so I can't tell you any more than that. But very exciting. James let me ask you a question. Go for it. Have you heard of Stormzy? Yeah, uh, Stormzy is a popular rap artist. Mm, kind of. Anyway, he's a
2: popular artist. He's going to make his acting, his TV acting debut in um, Mallory Blackman's Knots and Crosses, which is a big BBC One, YA a young adult project adapted from her books. They're filming in South Africa. It's a huge, it's a big budget thing. It's like a kind of dystopian thing, uh, dealing with racism and equality in society. It's going to be really good. And he is going to play a newspaper editor in the series. And I think oh. this is very exciting because Stormzy is an extremely
0: charismatic and impressive individual, as but, I'm sure you know. Yes, and I thought you were about to say that he was joining another Game of Thrones spin-off and it was called A Stormzy of Swords. Oh Christ, Jesus! But that's yeah. That's and not lay yourself happening. down. Yeah. Mm. Okay. No, that's down. good. I'm. I'm. You know, any port in a stormsey. Because
2: um, <laughs> you hadn't heard of Sleaford Mods last week. Do you? Do you, of, you up, are oh, you, are you aware this? of Sleaford Mods Gate?
1: Uh, no, I did see something about it on yeah. social. What?
2: what Sleaford Mods came. I can't even remember how they came up. But neither James nor no, Paul Simba, who was no, saying for you, had heard had of Sleaford mods. mods. In fact, they thought I was making it up. What? Yes.
1: I have a Sleaford Mods t-shirt I that I've you, almost yeah. certainly worn to the do. office. Of
0: course you fucking do. I mean, do. there's no
1: reason you would have heard about them because they're working class <laughs> men talking about, you know, masculinity and kind of social-economic deprivation. Right. So obviously you, that's not something you're engaged with. Um,
0: James. <laughs> uh, no, all right, fine. Well, since you've brought this up, I shall I shall interrupt news to uh, take a moment to give a big old plug to two other podcasts you might enjoy listening to. First and foremost, the Empire podcast. I'm sure a lot of you listen to this already, but if you are looking for a podcast bringing you the latest movie news, reviews and nonsense, then look no further as you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Uh, on the latest Empire podcast, we speak to Rafe Fiennes and Oleg Evenko for The White Crow and also Winston Duke. For Jordan Peele's new horror, Us, both of which are very good, one of which involves a lot of Russian. Um, and if you still have time in your playlist after that, then the latest episode of Q presents the making of is now available from wherever you source your podcasts. As ever, Q editor Ted Kessler sits down for a deep dive into the history of a popular beat combo or music act. Uh, as you recall, our expert discussion last week of the Sleaford Mods. This week, this week Ted is having a big old chimwag with someone else I'm intimately familiar with, uh, a chap called. Let's see if I read this right, Jar Wobble. <laughs> His name is Jar Wobble, and uh, I have oh, absolutely what? no idea. Can I, why are you saying Jar Wobble like you're um, Rowan Atkinson? A, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. yes, I was. That's thank you. See, that was a deliberate wobble. I was deliberately being like that right when yeah, I did that. Yeah. So, uh, who is Jar Wobble, Terry? I mean, he's a legendary. He's been, now, hang on, hang I have on. no
1: idea. You have no idea who Joe Wobble <laughs> is? But, but I'm more, I'm more, um, I'm going to Google Joe Wobble so now. So you're
0: happy to Sleaford Modsplain to me, but I bring <laughs> up Joe Wobble and it's absolutely fucking nothing.
1: Joe Wobble. <laughs> what I'm most upset about is you go, Joe <laughs> Wobble. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Come on, who's Jar Wobble then?
1: Jar Wobble
2: is... Uh, he played bass in Public Image Limited for you know, a start. I
1: mean, you know. In
2: what? Public, public image, image Limited. What the fuck which is that? Is, oh, no. John Lighton's <laughs> band. Heard after after the Sex Pistols. John
1: Lighton. <laughs> John Lighton. <laughs> <laughs>
0: As may be clear, oh. I am not a professional music journalist <laughs> nor someone who knows anything about music. So I think it's all quite I don't, clear. I don't know your jar wobble. But apparently, jar wobble is brilliant. And if you enjoy a bit of wobble, I highly recommend you download the new uh, instalment of Q Presents The Making Of, where he wobbles on for quite some time.
2: Weirdly, your plugs of um, fellow um, uh, podcasts <laughs> is turning into one of the weirdest
0: segments <laughs> on the whole thing. Yes. <laughs>
1: Um, uh, can I wrap up news with with something James do I have your permission you
0: you have permission to do a new story but it will not be the wrapping up of news <laughs> we've, only,
1: we've been going for 45 minutes yes. by the way and we have like this is classic James we're going to spend an hour talking about some news that nobody really cares about we're then going to spend like 8 minutes reviewing the actual show
0: forty 45 then... minutes 15 of which you spent rummaging around the building looking for a fucking charger
1: well um, I I will hold my thoughts until it's time for the end of news because it it, it goes at the end of news
0: uh. Oh, All right, shall, shall, I, shall I rattle through news then? Um, Are right. we still I mean
1: <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> it's 4.46. <laughs>
0: American Gods has been renewed for a third season with a new showrunner, but since we've all pretty much agreed that we're no longer watching it, it doesn't really matter. Charming. Uh, Amazon's Dark Tower pilot has cast a couple of people, and that's good, and I want to see it, but let's move on. Uh, there's a a Tom Ripley series is coming to TV, which is which is good if you're into the uh, into the, the the books by Patricia Highsmith, but I can tell by your faces neither are you are. So let's move on. Uh, it's and- more the way you're rattling through news. is a bit. It feels a bit like you know.
1: Can I say I'm massively enjoying this? Can we do this every week?
0: Well, you're gonna regret that because the next and the most important piece of news this week is Fastscape is coming to Amazon Prime. Mm. No no, Fastscape has come to Amazon Prime in HD. It is there. This is incredibly exciting beginning earlier this week. The groundbreaking sci-fi series Fastscape is available in glorious high definition in the US, the UK, Canada, Australia and New Zealand and a The Nordics as well, apparently, on Amazon Prime. All four seasons, plus the Emmy-nominated miniseries finale, newly remastered, in HD. Oh, my God. I am so excited about this. That and neither of you can stop me. I'm going full Banshee right here oh. and right now. You know, like in, in the WWF when someone comes in and they have a big argument in the ring and then they do a surprise match right there and then. Yeah. Right here for the World Heavyweight Banshee Championship, I'm challenging you two <laughs> to a Fastscape off. This is happening. You can't stop it. So, Fastscape, one of my all time favourite shows. This ran from 1999 to 2003. It was the first ever original series from the Sci Fi channel. Stop Rolling Your Eyes. It aired on BBC Two over here and actually was maddeningly bumped every time a sporting event was on, which used to drive me insane. Uh... So, (laughs) it is probably best known for the fact that, A, it was made in Australia, and thus almost all the aliens have Aussie accents, and B, it was produced in association with the Jim Henson Company, so it features more than its fair share of Muppets, uh, which some people mean they don't take it seriously, and they should, because... Right. The basic setup here is that John Crichton, played brilliantly by Ben Browder, is an astronaut who is sucked into a wormhole during a test flight and ends up, stop (laughs) yawning, stop it, on the other side of the galaxy where he joins a ragtag crew of fugitives aboard a living ship called Moya and is pursued by an authoritarian race of warmongers called, ironically, the Peacekeepers. Now, what makes Farscape brilliant, though, Though, wait, is twofold. Twofold. Oh, God. First, the screen chemistry between uh, Ben Browder and Claudia Black, who played Officer Erin Sun uh, of Peacekeeper Renegade, is incredible. So much so that when Farscape ended, both of them hopped ship and joined the cast of Stargate SG-1 so they could continue to sizzle on screen. So there you go, hot fat for you there. But but also, this is a show that had a complete disregard for like for. No, don't stop it! Listen, this is very important. It had a complete disregard for like for, for for convention, for orthodoxy, for and it had this willingness to be incredibly bold and do insane things for a sci-fi show. Now, this is a show oh. that would veer from like uh, like hard-hitting emotional episodes. It had like um, to to insanity. So it had a villain, but there was also a comedy reflection of the villain that existed solely in the hero's mind. This is true. And they called him Harvey after the rabbit absolutely true there was an animated episode uh, you know it used to come I with- feel like I'm watching Fox in real time look okay so I
1: feel like I've come out of my body <laughs> and I'm watching this from the ceiling I'm, you know like during yeah. a traumatic like I road will traffic not be accident yeah, I this is a show this is a show oh that
0: to, because there was a will they won't they between the two main characters to fully explore that they uh-huh. cloned the main character had one clone cop off with the love interest oh then God. killed the fucker oh. and then so she was bereaved, and then put her back with the other clone, who never got to get together with her. And it was like,
1: oh my god, oh my god,
0: oh my god,
1: oh my god! It's
0: one of the most insane things I've I ever can't seen. believe you banned Terry from talking about
2: um, the McCann documentary, and this is the, your response: yes, is a 15 minute Farscape
0: monologue about Fast. One of oh the most magnificent god. science fiction shows ever made. It got cancelled. <laughs> Terry's like, thank fuck for I that. Guess. After season four ended on a massive cliffhanger, uh, and it had me up in arms. Like there was a massive fan oh, outcry. But no. Rockne O'Bannon did not give up. <laughs> they were able to conclude the show. Oh my god! Great commentary. a miniseries called The Peacekeeper Wars, <laughs> which is also available now. Now all of Firescape is available on Amazon Prime for zero pounds and in HD to boot.
1: What's it called? Firescape. <laughs>
0: No, it fire is escape. not Fire Escape. That's great. Farscape. F- it is called Farscape. Fire, fire Escape. <laughs> fire
2: escape. Oh, yes. I really want to see the new reboot, like fire, fire Escape.
0: <laughs> fire Escape There's is a universe on in Amazon a fire. Prime. Escape. In HD. However, if you don't have Amazon Prime, you can pick it up uh, for about actually 40 quid, not 50p. It's quite expensive, but it is still worth it, and I implore you to watch it. Can I do- uh, Word to the wise boy, word to the wise boy, if you're going to watch this, which I know you are, stick with it until Crichton changes into his leather trousers because that's... Isn't Crichton in Red Dwarf? That's a different Crichton. Okay. This is John Crichton. When okay. he starts wearing leather trousers, that's the turning point. So, you know, boy, you'll know, in Deep Space Nine, <laughs> when when Avery Brooks shaved his head and grew a beard, that was the sign that it had really mm. gone up mm. a notch. In this, when John Crichton starts wearing leather trousers, <laughs> leather trousers. that's when it, when it uh, kicks into again. Can I
2: ask this question? Is this whole thing, is this, all, a, so this is all comes from the fact that Farscape is on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Is that it? It's not yeah. even like
0: a reboot or a new no. series or anything? Well, funnily enough, it's also 20 years of Farscape uh, this year. It's very exciting. No, you cannot write a feature on it in Pilot TV I magazine. What Do you is- know what? Do you know what? I'm literally pitching
2: that to you on Monday. What yeah, well, I mean, it, we, we could have this meeting we in still, advance. Are
1: we st- still recording the Pilot <laughs> Podcast? Know. If we slipped into an alternate we're dimension? We slipped alternate
0: dimension where Firescape is... Firescape! Uh, Firescape, Firescape Amazon Firescape! Prime, Frelling Watch It. That's all I'm saying. Right, that's it. I'm done with news. Slimey. Terry, what was yours? <laughs>
1: I'm just trying to collect myself after that, frankly, extraordinary out of body experience. Right.
0: Are we really doing Banshee now? Is that what what you're saying?
1: Doing no. banshee no. now. That was
0: my banshee. You can do yours later, but I have I moved oh, yeah. my banshee up you, and you, dropped it in. Like a mic drop, like a like a banshee well, mic drop. Like a mic drop, but not a mic You've
1: drop. You've clearly never been responsible for an actual <laughs> mic drop if you think that's what a mic drop yeah, is. I, it's the opposite of
2: a mic yeah. drop. I'm, that's I, a mic
0: long I, caress no. and stare at it I'm hoping so, that something interesting. Condensing happens. microphones, boy, are very expensive and they're actually quite delicate. So if you drop them, really it's, just, it's not a good idea.
1: Oh, God, you are literally the worst. Right. So, um, oh, I'm going to mention something serious now. So, um, I wanted to mention a fundraising campaign that is really close to all of us sat in this studio right now. Lauren Hollyoake is the publisher of Grazia, which is one of um, the magazines owned by the same company as us, Bower Media. Um, she is a remarkable human being, as is her husband. Unfortunately, he was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Um last year, actually, the same week she went off on maternity leave. So they've been dealing with a huge amount. Um, his life expectancy was severely limited because of um, kind of how ill he was and a genetic mutation. But the doctors have given them this little ray of hope in terms of some treatment. Very, very expensive. Um, and they are asking for fundraising help, which is why I mention it today. It is a GoFundMe page, which is GoFundMe.com forward slash team hyphen monk, if there is anything at all you can contribute. If not, then please, if you could just share the page, it would mean an awful lot to Lauren and to all of us here at um, Pilot TV.
0: And you'll have this, this is this available on your Twitter if people this need to find it? This on my
1: Twitter and the link is in the bio of my Instagram page, which is Terry L. White as well.
0: Before we press on with this week's reviews, we have a guest of our own this week. Uh, Two of them, in fact. Jed Mercurio's Line of Duty makes its triumphant return to our screens this week. And to celebrate that fact, Boyd went on a pilgrimage to the BBC and sat down with Vicky McClure and Martin Compton to talk about the new series, Where the Show Goes From Here, and give you the inside track on the Line of Duty cast WhatsApp group, which is codenamed Shalamandra. Have a listen.
2: Welcome Vicky McClure and Martin Constance to the Pilot TV Podcast. How are you doing?
3: Really How good, that? yeah.
2: How's yourself? I'm very well, thank you, Martin. Um, series five of Line of Duty. First of all, congratulations on the opening episode, um, which I've seen and is extraordinary as ever. I'm, I'm, I almost feels almost more emotionally... Devastating. Without wanting to give anything away, <laughs>
4: than it ever has been. Do you, do you do you feel that way about it when you like read the script and you and you kind of I think the other when you saw it the other night? That's the first time I think Vicky's in a couple of. It's the first time I've ever saw it with an audience, and there was a moment. There was a a collective gasp of three hundred people, and that was yeah. that was really satisfying. You know, kind can I see. There was the...
3: also a bit where everybody laughed. Yeah,
4: so yeah. I was Would like, that's not funny, <laughs> but
3: you know, I think they kind of get. <laughs> They're so involved with the characters now. They're seeing how like people react mm-hmm. to certain things, and you know, there's like a it's something even behind that. Yeah, so right. that was quite fun.
2: Yeah, it feels like this the big change in this series, or the slightly the new direction, if you like, is that you're both in AC12 is now investigating rather than just a simple case of simple. I mean, it's simple. Yeah. A case of police corruption. <laughs> you're involved with this organised crime. Did that feel like a different, a whole new thing when you when you read that and you, and you knew you were going to be filming that?
3: Yeah, it is, it, it is very different. Um, there's Martin's drink. Yeah.
4: Sorry, Martin's Coke It'll is arriving. We will be sugar boost, um, flagging <laughs> a bit. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah, it is slightly different. I mean, we're all, you know... It, oh, God, I have to be so careful. It's hard, isn't it? It is hard. But, um, yeah, we're always going to be policing the police and that's what AC12 does. So there's always going to be that element of it. But with Stephen Graham's character and that side of the story, um, you know they're criminals and so it's a very different feel to what we usually do where we have you know we're straight in with an officer um, of whatever rank so
4: like just with that as Vicky's saying as we're going straight off the the danger levels are definitely up there's definitely a fear of something bad can happen to one of us this year um, just because of the places we're going and uh, by far I mean Stephen himself is just a powerhouse as as an actor and the whole set lifts when he's on not just the actors but the crew because he he just sets such high standards but yeah I mean it feels like we're kind of going full throttle this year you know I think uh, three's three's my favourite series um, to film, and I think I'm I'm proud of them all. But I think three was three was a combination of the sort of the Caddy storyline, and I feel like we're back to that with five, and that we've got this new case and this amazing new character. But we're, it feels like we're coming to the climax of this uh, balaclava sort of thing that's yeah. been going on. And who is H? Yes, yeah, so that's still
2: that's the big the big quest. <laughs> <laughs> extraordinary number when you think about it of senior level police who've got H. Hell, I know it's just a coincidence, there? Yeah. right? <laughs> isn't it? Isn't there, isn't to you that your middle name your character's middle name is is it got a name <laughs> no, is that true or is that a rumor
3: sorry i have just <laughs> put a mouthful of sandwich in my mouth but um <laughs> Somebody had basically said uh, Imagine if Kate's middle name uh, was okay. Helen or Heather right. or something. Right. I don't know what her middle no. name is.
4: No. Same, I'm not even sure Jed knows who it is no. at times. <laughs> no.
2: Yeah. Has it's interesting because I I I, lucky, I was lucky enough to interview Jed for our, our magazine, Pilot TV, and he said he, he that I find it extraordinary that his writing process is still to do an episode at a time. Yeah. And he doesn't really Map the whole series out. He doesn't map the whole, which is kind of incredible, isn't it? When you, when it you feels so meticulously put together,
3: it does. And yeah, I think, you know, he's always been aware of like the longer picture, but things change on set, which is probably not something you'd assume with Line of Duty because it is so regimented and it feels like it's set in stone. But things will happen with the characters or with the scene that will completely change the balance and even. A.D. was saying the other day when you see Hastings and Kate at the end of series four there's just like a look that wasn't right. really in the script it was just like Jed went can you look at her and can you look at him and can you seem a bit sceptical and we were like, huh? What?
4: You know. Yeah, and there's definitely there's, I mean, because there was one moment I had um Where he asked me to do something, and which wasn't anything to do with a storyline, it was just a moment in a scene, and I went, "Wow, that could have massive um, impact." And another series. And it was just sort of, I think he just kind of, it was just something he was thinking when he was watching the scene. But he went, I went, if you're going to go that way, then we're committing to something. And and I think he had, and he just sort of went, he just, it was just the feel in the room that he liked at the time.
2: Yeah, like it's like this is the show where the slightest little reaction shot, the slightest difference in the way you look, your expression of your face has massive ramifications. Well,
3: it's, you know, everybody's a detective. Yeah. You know, when you watch this show and in life, we've all got our own theories, haven't we, to everything. So, saying like the interrogation scene, When there's very little to hide. So. You could be watching it and listening to just us explaining code numbers and evidence and all that kind of stuff, but that person drinks at a certain point. You'll go, Um, guilty, (laughs) or they've touched their ear, or they've done something where you kind of go, oh, maybe that means... So you're looking for the tiniest details. Mm. Sometimes they mean nothing, and sometimes you've, yeah,
4: they do mean something. He's the absolute master at that stuff, of of playing an audience, because, again, with that stuff, I I think that wasn't like a thing in the script. I, I genuinely think that was... So we're going to finish this series but we kind of want to leave them hanging. Adrian, why don't you give Vicky a bit of a look so it might look like dodgy but it might mean absolutely nothing when we get there. I mean, I think it's safe to say that we, we go into Hastings' personal life a a fair bit in this one uh, and he's been extremely uh, well looked at. But I think at the time, I don't think it was a big deal to us and it became a massive, massive thing that he might be bent just for off that look. And it's the
3: process of, from Jed's head to script to onset to the edit. Now, I've watched Line of Duty from the start going that wasn't in that order mm. on paper. Mm. And then all of a sudden they get into the edit and they start moving things that didn't sort of sit there originally. Yeah. And that's clever. You know, the editor that we've had, we got on that this, he's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. He's been on it from, it's is it day that, one? I think I yeah. Did the procedures. And um, he does a great job and, the, you know, they work quite hard at, Piecing things together in a different way, and going actually maybe that should come sooner or later. Or right.
2: the storytelling is extraordinary. If I feel like Jed's kind of established his own unique way of telling stories in TV drama that no one else seems to have. Can you put your finger on? I don't. I almost it's difficult to say, isn't it? But there seems every single scene first of all seems to advance the story, or maybe the character a bit. But it, it's all coming. You're all doing stuff that's coming from your professional roles in life mm-hmm. as detectives, yeah. even in the little personal scenes. Like there's glimpses, aren't there? Of your personal life in this, yeah. city. but even they seem to be part of, they're going to have ramifications later on.
4: Does that explain why it's so unbelievably riveting? He's, I think on a basic level, he's just an extremely intelligent man. He really is. I mean, he was a doctor, fighter, pilot, all that. And he's an encyclopedia, like, you can ask him anything. And but he trusts us he trusts people to do their job you know and because we've played these characters now for 7-8 years so he allows us a, a lot of input um, <clears> I mean he, he definitely has the final say on everything <laughs> that's for sure but um, he's been great to us in terms of because I think it's a word that gets bandied about quite a lot and some people don't live up to the title but he's a genuine showrunner he's across everything yeah. but there's probably things in our personal life when we're out there filming that you shouldn't bother a showrunner with, but we feel mm. safe to go to him about everything, and 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 he really does have our back in a lot of things, and that's a great environment to go into work. And we all butt heads, of course. Yeah. we're a close, we're a very close knit bunch, and like all families, we can piss each other off at times, but we um. We know how to make each other tick, yeah. wind each other up, but I think when it comes to the work, we're we're all we're all rooting for each other, and that's and that's a very it's a good environment at working.
3: I couldn't put that better. <laughs> but but the only <laughs> thing I was going to add, yeah, because that's that's the personal side of it. That's the most important side of it, and that will always reflect on screen. Um, one thing that I always sort of like to applaud Line of Duty with is its casting, and I think sometimes when you've got a particular show, you'll have a particular sort of (laughs) bunch of actors, you'll think they'd be good for that. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Line of Duty, we've always got actors you've never seen or really heard of, or, you know, they're just perfect for the job. Mm -hmm. Then you've got Tandy Newton, Hollywood superstar. And all of a sudden you're, you know, from... I just think they're very clever with it, and I know that Jed's always keen to make sure that is completely right, and that every role is well cast. And mm. I, I think they are, even from you know Neil Morrissey in the yeah, first series. Yeah. You go, oh, really? that's brilliant. Yeah. Like, it's not obvious. Yeah.
2: I asked him about it, if he's, there was a type of actor he he likes to cast, and he, without flinching, he said not posh.
3: Well, there you go.
2: And he said that particularly you two, as not, not <laughs> particularly
4: us <laughs> <I'm> two, <not. laughs>
2: with all the respect in the yeah. world. Like he said, that you didn't have you know not drama. A school background, yeah. and you kind of have an authenticity that he absolutely relies on. Do you recognize that as being important? I think, as well, I think.
4: <sighs> with that come we sort of kind of had to fight to where we are but nobody gave us a head start I think we kind of bring a really strong work ethic and I think Jed responds to that I think you need to be on your game on this because the dialogue is so challenging and I think there's only happened a couple of times when people maybe come in not as prepared and they quickly find out you need to get on it because it's yeah. a very work wise I mean obviously personally I said we're rooting feature, but it can be an unforgiving set in terms of you need to be on your stuff because there's TV it moves quick and we can't be hanging about doing trying to people work out lines and stuff so mm. I think he responds to the fact that we come prepared every day and he can be quite harsh can't he I mean if you, you ever look at him on
2: Twitter when people point, <laughs> yeah, when people point out true. what they think of yeah. and he's, he will give them he's those, not shy he's, he's, no shy, yeah, he's, he's, he's not
3: I, I respect him for that yeah, because we're, we're all you know we're all very it's so easy to ignore block and just you know avoid it and I have a lot of respect for Jug because not only does he one have the balls to put his point across he puts it across very well so you know he explains himself and you know, we've all watched the sort of banter that he's had on there. And you kind of go, well, he's not going to stop until he's made his point. Yeah. And, um, you know, I always like to have the last word. So I appreciate that. But there's also that element, I
4: think. <laughs> I think you get to a point where you just let stuff go. Maybe, because there's times I've read sort of articles and you're like, that's not what I said. But you mm. just kind of go there and go, Jed's not like that. Jed will be on it right away and you'll do no. it publicly. You say that's specific. Even if it's sometimes, it's something quite mundane. Mm. You know what I mean? But he wants, uh, he's got very. High standards, and he expects if you're working with them in any capacity, he expects you to meet those standards. Those interrogation scenes—do you have a technique
2: for learning that density of dialogue? I mean, not only just how long they can be, but just there's jargon. There's it, yeah. I mean, how do you how do you do it?
3: Well, I was saying the other day, which I hadn't thought about really, but given that we're so far now, you know, seven years in or whatever it is. When you start and the minute you read the the scripts, you go, right, there's a new code number, there's a new operation name, there's a new, you know, code that we will constantly refer to for the next four months. So very quickly, those things just, you know, become a little bit easier to relate to and learn. But me and Martin actually have an app called Line Learner, which I always like to give a little bit of a plug because I think it's It's really, really helpful because we all live next door to each other and we help each other and we run dialogue constantly. But if Martin's off and Aidy's off or if they're at work or whatever... I still need to run my dialogue and it's so easy to And I it don't think a lot that. of actors know about no, this thing. No, it's brilliant. And
4: basically, you can record your script, so you say it and just say your lines in the accent and then that will take out the spaces so you can see your line and then your line, the other person's line, will come back to you in mm-hmm. a different voice. Right. So you're basically doing the scene with a machine right. and it leaves the exact gaps that you've left. So in terms of if you're learning auditions and you have to get it, it is, it's brilliant for that. Also
3: for, you know, I mean Martin, he doesn't give himself an Credit for it, but his accent is flawless, and he he stays in it for the entire time. But it's great if you're doing an accent as well. I know when I did Mother's Day, I, you know I'd got something in my ear. Mm. So before you go on, you can just sort and tap into things. Mm. It's just little things like that. You, you know if we're relying on technology that's one thing that you, mm. you
4: definitely mm. can I do get with. quite lucky in that I mean not lucky because it, it's the, sort of that harder element with the accent but with the accent because I've got to be on that that can help me learn lines because I'm trying to perfect every line because mm. I'm saying it that much right. beforehand right. that it's sort of I'm familiar with everything because I'm coming at it the accent point first before I start to act it so I'm kind of I can get ahead of the game a bit with that
3: that annoys me <laughs>
4: that is annoying <laughs> that is annoying <laughs> does, it, does it feel your this shows become
2: as fascinating trajectory isn't it because it started out as a fairly unheralded BBC Two show yeah. But grown and grown and grown and now is this massive thing that there's a huge amount of anticipation for and it's also I think it show that people like to watch live because it's because it's so exciting yeah. on a weekly basis. Do you? It almost feels like
4: it's single handedly saving linear normal old fashioned oh, TV. Jesus, Do you feel that way? Say- no pressure. that I mean we're, we're living a very I mean I'm guilty of it, not guilty of it, people love a binge these days but yeah. it's that kind of water cooler mentality. People love watching it the Sunday night coming in the Monday morning and as Vicky says everybody's a detective and one of my, one of my favourite things is the theories people Send you. Some of them are spot on. Some of them are a bit wild, like the old HK. But there is some that are that are really bang on. I mean, there was ones even to to figure out the uh, the transmission date. Oh
3: god! The, the, the levels
4: people yeah. were going to figure it out and ask yeah. questions. That the the level of fan involvement it, it has been brilliant, and I think from the social media word of mouth thing from, from the start of BBC 2 has been it's been huge for the show. You know, people kind of sticking with us and, and hopefully we'll repay them with, a, with another cracking series.
3: I think as well it's... <laughs> It's such a big show. Me and Martin, you know, we've not seen each other for a while now because he's gone back to Vegas and whatnot. But we was, were was together the other day and we were just, like, yeah. looking at each other going, "It's massive. <laughs> I, and actually only me, Martin and AD being that we've been yeah. in it from the start and we have lived and breathed it from the very get-go... Mm-hmm. I think because we go back every year, we shoot it and we shoot it just like we shot it last time. We Mm -hmm. just keep wanting to give it more. We knuckle down. We have a great time and we don't think, oh, my God, it's line of duty. We just Mm -hmm. go. We love the show. I think it's important we keep doing that Mm -hmm, and not being too conscious of like, you know, holding this incredible Mm -hmm. show together like that because... you know we're not
4: yeah I think one of the things that really surprises me is uh, because we're we're the constant sort of in it but when you're when you're reading about other uh, the brilliant actors we've had their line of duties whoever I mean like I was reading something uh Danny's thing the other day and it was Danny Mason from Line of Duty and you're kind of like alright oh, yeah I, I forgot but it's yeah. mad that people are still associate Danny with it and with oh, his absolutely. body of work and well, you the know
3: the BBC have just done a combination of all five haven't they have you seen it yeah. on Twitter I've retweeted it <laughs> <Well done. laughs> um, but it, it's brilliant and you yeah. just I was is like is that brilliant. It but it. <laughs> it, it's like mad because I was watching it back it was only two minutes long or something Um but I'd forgotten so many I things yeah, it's interesting, and people. And I was going to say,
2: do you when before you film the each show, do you kind of do a little recap for yourselves? Do you get because I I go, I've gone back no. and watched the whole thing before watching the new suit?
3: Uh, it's all in your head. No, so. no yeah. I, I don't know if it's in my headboard, but I
4: filmed it. What was bizarre <laughs> was when we were filming last time. I was we were filming Belfast. And I think the guys are in the home and I, and I, I because I'm. Uh, living in Vegas I'm probably in Belfast a lot more and it was late night and I was kind of in the series and I was just um, channel surfing and series 2 I think was on oh, was that? while yeah. we were filming and that was bizarre you know I'm um, yeah. kind of thinking then I'm, then I'm just thinking should I, should I be thinking about that when I'm doing this you know but it's just became mammoth and it, it is weird for us because we've been in the bubble to see the size it's just getting bigger but what's great this year is the anticipation is a bit crazy mm. and it's a good nervous because you know that means we've been doing a good job up to this point. But what what's a great feeling is that I think we've got something special in the can. Yeah. So it's not going out there going hope this works, hope this works. I think I think it is going to work. You do live in Vegas, you said. Is *Line of Duty* big in Vegas? No it, you life. know what? It was it got a bit it was on Hulu out there. Right. Um, so I it was fun, the weirdest one? I was in LA and I was walking the dog, and this guy kind of just freaked out when he walked past me, and I think he must have just been binging it or something. And I don't think he can compute. In his head that the guy he was watching on TV was walking down the street in America, um, but that kind of was lovely to see that we're getting. Um, and he, he kind of chased me down. He's like, you that guy." And I went, "Hi oh, mate, how you doing?" And then and he couldn't work out because I was Scottish either. Oh. I think, yeah, you um, threw him a bit. yeah that was. But I mean, that's nice that he, that we're kind of reaching over there as well because I think the show stands up. You know, what oh. I mean, I'm very, I'm very. We're very proud of it. So if it was over there, I think it it could go up against more stuff in in terms of the quality of it. But it's very British, isn't it? It's weird that it's.
2: It, you're right. Absolutely. It's peak premium tv it's like incredibly you know it's a unique thing but there's something at the same time very british and the yeah. way it's even the way it's made like there's an unflashy quality do you think that's key yeah, part also, of the dialogue is unflashy like quite as well,
3: british sense of humor right. as well. Yeah. you know with aides kind yes. of lines as well and just every now and then there'll be something where you just think oh that's it's got to be in there somewhere yeah. there's got to be those moments where it's just even if it's tongue in cheek or yeah. just a bit of sarcasm whatever it might be
4: but I think it's, as well, it's because Jed's really good, as Vicky says, with the casting's so good and the diversity, and there's a lot of regional accents and stuff in it. So it's got a very wide British yeah. flavour. It's not something like, like The Crown, where it kind of feels like that's. Not something in our everyday lives that you can mm. sort of relate to, where that you kind of know the characters. You can you could see them. will we look. You see people. Like, like you believe there would be cops. You know. Yeah, absolutely. The naturalism is incredible. Has it changed the way you make it
2: from series one to now? Has it? Is it is Does it feel different, or is it? Is it roughly the same as it always was?
3: I think it's the same in in lots of ways, but. You know the characters have developed mm. so much that even watching that two-minute clip today, like Martin, you look about five. <laughs> like,
4: <laughs> I think this is I you think that's
3: and you just go, five. yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's a mad. It's mad. We were so young back then. We was in our like early twenties, and. You know we've changed, so we've also got more experience on set and loads of things. Mm. all of a sudden, you kind of go, oh, mm. no, it'd be much more helpful for me if I had you know a bit of space to be able mm. to do that, or I'd like to put my tube in and mm. you've kind of earned your right to be able to do those things, and everything changes, so it's evolved, and it's it's a collaboration, and we've got a much tighter relationship with Jed over mm. the years, and you know it's. Yeah, it's just it has become a a a bigger show as well.
4: What's great is a huge part of the success of the show is these amazing guest leads we've had, and I think it was Adrian who said it night, They're not guests; they are they become the lead. Yeah, but with that you immediately delve into their backstory or, or where they're at because you need to learn their motivations for what they're doing or, or, or why these, these coppers are, are, are going into criminality. But from then, you can you can feel empathy for them, whereas we're just the ones chasing them down. And so that maybe made us, I mean, I'm the arrogant we so-and-so cake and be a bit on the bitchy side and stuff. So we we're only <laughs> maybe the most popular, but whereas now the joy of a returning show is you're getting into our our personal life mm. and what to a man and to a woman, we're all a mess. Yeah, spoiler alert, there's a little mountain
2: where you where we see you at home when you that you're on Tinder or something or on a dating app I feel that's my Steve wife. Is is that well,
4: yeah, that's my bar wife. Bar really? Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, that's, that's well, nice. Yeah,
4: that was nice. And my son I, is my nephew in real I'll life. Be, um, yeah. that's nice. And I didn't hit deny on the thing yeah. either, so I'm right back home. But no, there was a great. <laughs> so what's great about that is, I think it's, it's safe to say that all of us are having a tough time at some point in this in this series and there was one particular moment where, where Steve is probably his most vulnerable uh, at home a bit of a mess and then the next day he's back with a waistcoat on at work and playing trying to be super Um whereas in the, the first couple of series you'd have just seen him trying to be super cop you go who do you think this guy is but now when you see it and you go what's going through his head from the night before you can you're kind of rooting for him a lot more you know Absolutely. You have a WhatsApp group, don't you, where you. Do- Chalamandra. <laughs> that's what it's called. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Vicky loves making up these random words now. and just <laughs> repeating them until everybody's yeah, got it I've them. done
3: it since I was a young child. I've actually managed to not tell anybody about this until now. Boy, wow. so. Yeah.
2: What is the, what's Chalam- <laughs> what Chalamandra? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I want to see you explain this. No, no. This is exclusive. I used to have to...
3: my own, like as a kid, I just right. had, you know, you just make up silly words. Yeah. Shalamandrel. <laughs> Sh- <laughs> I'm not doing it. Um, Aramal that was quite a big one well d- you know the what thing d- is they must mean something somewhere but to me they mean nothing they're okay. just Shalamandra uh, and- you can say it in whichever way you like
4: we all call each other a sort of name we all call each other 29 like that's our thing for each other and it all came from Vicky <laughs> shouting at a pub when Neil Morris was trying to find in a pub and Vicky was drunk she just kept shouting 29 no, he
3: asked it? me what the time oh, was the time. he went what's the time I went 29 and, and that kept was shouting it shouting I don't know it. why yeah.
4: just and then, it. then it's just since then everybody just what? Up, I'm not expecting
3: it? anyone else to find it funny. funny. Can I just say that <laughs> I it's find very much, yeah. you know, 29
4: isn't even a time. Twenty nine. it's just a number. <laughs> a just a number.
3: No and sense. we call Adrian Arwa. Adwa. Adwa. Uh, if Becky's uh,
4: we'll found yeah. is something. If you repeat something enough, it suddenly becomes <laughs> hilarious after time. Can <laughs> I? <laughs> <laughs> is it just cast? Is it just cast actors in the in the group, or
2: is or is, is um, Jed in the group? We've got oh. two
3: groups. Okay. We've got one just me, you, and Adi, and then one okay. me. Martin, A.D. and Chad. Because
2: I was going to ask, when, like, a particularly I mean, there are moments, plot twists in the history of the show that have been extraordinary moments, you know, yeah. where, where everyone's open mouth watching it. Yeah. Do, you, do you communicate that, about those moments when you read them in scripts and on the WhatsApp group? You're like, oh, my God, yeah. have you seen page 79?
3: Yeah, well, I did it to Martin when I when I'd read um, the episode where he gets chucked over the banister yeah. and I thought oh my god he's... I don't even know if I got the next script with me so I genuinely yeah. didn't know if he did die wow. so I like rang him going have you read it and he was like no and I was like ooh Okay. And I had to go, am I dead? <laughs> and, and I was like, I, I genuinely you didn't don't know. know. Yeah. But I played on it. A bit,
4: right, you know yeah. what I mean? I no, wanted to really enough. like, yeah, wind right, him yeah. up. Are you then on the phone to check it? And am I going to. Be- I just said, the thing is, I, I don't read. Uh, we were both in Glasgow filming, Vicky was under replacement, and I was on a thing called In Plain Sight. And I don't read scripts or watch a series or read a book when I'm filming because. I hate, because you can get, I can get obsessed with stuff, so if I'm on set and I'm thinking about, I want to go home and catch that episode, so I don't, so, and the last thing I could do was read the Line of Duty scripts, because I'd start be going, I want to get in this, so I, I wouldn't look at them, and then I just, had just text like, I'm
3: getting straight in there. <laughs> I just text them
4: saying, after Bicky said that, like, I, I, I thought at first she was just winding me up, and then she was saying, not really, like, and then so I just texted Jed saying, Am I dead? And then he just he just takes me back. Don't panic. Oh, that was nice. But at the same time, I still couldn't get my head around right then because I didn't know whether he didn't tell me because I remember going how am I going to come back from that and I'm going man a wheelchair and he went yeah and it was just that was such a surreal jump for going, how's that going to work like the Scottish Ironside just wheeling about
3: and
4: <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah it's just that's the kind of thing that was a bit of a jolt you know what yeah. I mean the kind of bit of going well actually we are all really really vulnerable especially me he loves torturing me for some reason we should say you are upright and walking although there's a refer- oh, maybe that was yeah, there. there's the a thing- tweak there's a moment where
2: you're like oh I'm, I'm up in a about, but I think with, with Jed, there's ever, nothing's quite as it seems. Oh, God. Well, on that moment, nothing is ever as it seems. Congratulations, you are you, basically you are the stars of the. I feel the greatest drama oh, that's on very, TV. I'm nice. very maybe. kind, and I, I, I don't suck up to every person. I don't.
0: Say that
4: person, <laughs> honestly, thank you very much. Thank Cheers, Carl. Thank you.
0: Cheers. That was Vicky McClure and Martin Constant, and we segue seamlessly from that into reviews. And I think we should start with Line of Duty, uh, because this week does mark the arrival of the fifth series of Jeff Mercurio's police drama after a two-year absence, and what looks like the culmination of the Balaclava Conspiracy. Uh, For anyone who doesn't know, this is a series that began its life on BBC Two in 2012, before becoming the channel's best performing drama, I think I'm right in saying, Boyd? Yes. Yes, and it hopped to BBC One for its fourth series in 2016, and is not only the best drama on British telly, but one of the best dramas on air at the moment, full Stop. This fifth series sees Stephen Graham as the main guest star, following in the footsteps of the likes of Lenny James, Keely Hawes and Tandy Newton. And the first episode, which airs this Sunday, and that's frankly all the Beavers have to see so far, is an absolute stormer.
1: I uh- Absolutely loved this first episode. Mm. Um, it has everything you kind of expect from Line of Duty. So there's, and an we should just say at the top that we are not allowed to talk about pretty much anything. Boyd gave yes. us a long
0: list. There is a list provided by the BBC of yeah. shit we cannot mention, which involves basically anything to do with this episode. And one <laughs> thing in particular I wanted to mention is like Line of Duty, anyone who watched it, it's quite, Jargon heavy in a good way because it really helps the immersion into that world. But there's one particular line that Martin Constant utters, which had me, I had to stop it. I was laughing so hard because it was just, it was so jargon heavy and it was so impenetrable. But unfortunately, it involves a plot point that we're banned from discussing. We are. So I can't actually say it on air, but it was funny.
1: But And, and there, are, there are a couple of those moments, but I think it, we can safely say it starts with a crime. Um, it does. Which, which is the crime that takes us back within AC12, right? Yeah. And, It is straight into the action as you'd expect Line of Duty to do. Um, You are right in the thick of it from the get go. Obviously, um, Kate Fleming has been promoted. I think that's yeah. She's a DI now. She's DI. Everybody's kind of back, but things the dynamic has shifted. And this crime is going to be and is the thing that introduces Stephen Graham. So um, he is involved in that. We can't really say. Anymore. Um, I, as James knows and often rolls his eyes, I am obsessed with Stephen Graham. I think he is um, one of this country's finest dramatic actors.
0: Really is. And you know what I want to say about that is like, you know, like you see him in this, like he has a real sort of sinister physical... For a little guy, let's be honest, he has a really sinister physical presence in this, yes. which is a million miles away from, for example, remember in Save Me yes. with Lenny James, where he's so almost small and cowed and non-threatening. Yes. And in this, I mean, you scare the shit out of me.
1: There is a, There are a couple of moments, and he plays these, a lot of his scenes opposite Lisa McQueen, played by, is it, Reshenda yes. Sandal? Yes, And their chemistry is amazing, but I have to say he does that thing that you're talking about, James, which he's... His tone and his mood and his physicality spins mm. on a tuppence because he actually I shouldn't say tuppence because that's what my nana used to call vaginas, but I mean,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean only you and your nana would be thinking say, of that. Yeah, I think that's it's fine, absolutely fine, as long as your nana isn't listening.
1: <laughs> she died, so no.
4: <laughs> God.
1: Spins, <laughs> spins on a 10 pence piece right so he there is one shot in particular where he he's he moves to threaten and it's mm. all in his eyes he does menace like nobody else but yeah. he also he's a very complex actor and i think his character without kind of uh saying anymore is gonna the complexity within his character i'm really fascinated to see it's full of action full of tw- i mean there's a at least two fairly major twists in the first episode they're planting seeds for who can you really trust us some growing questions around Ted please don't do that to us Jen McCreary we can't cope with it (laughs) it was everything I wanted from a new line of duty and I was gripped from the first minute it goes out on a bigger bang as it comes in on and it was a fully satisfying piece of hour-long television.
0: There's a part of me that's always like, when people bang on about Bodyguard, oh, it's the most successful thing. It's like, and Bodyguard is great, but Line of Duty is incredible. Well, they have,
2: people got annoyed because uh, the BBC has trailed this new series of saying, from the makers of Bodyguard. But the reason for that is, obviously, Line of this is the fifth series. Line of Duty yeah. has been going for a long time yeah. and is Jed McCreary's masterpiece, I do think. But it's fair enough, because... Bodyguard is the most watched drama in history mm. so I mean that is the thing that people know and yeah. people are obsessed so uh, I it's, they've now put this show in that slot in the Sunday night 9pm BBC One slot and I think it is going to be absolutely massive even more massive they've got ten and a half million people watch the finale of C- 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 Series so 4 I think this is going to be yeah. up there with Bodyguard and it's so uh, it is incredible isn't it his Jim Mercurio's storytelling and writing mm. and technique is so finely honed now um. That he's so confident in his, in everything that happens is massively important yeah. every look yeah. every reaction shot every it's extraordinary there's so a you couple have of to, those
1: sorry to interrupt yeah. but do, there's a couple of those across the office right exactly that's what I'm thinking the, of yeah, yeah.
2: they're so significant yeah. not yeah. a word he said no, yeah. no dialogue yeah. Yeah. exactly it's so clever and I think he's unique I can't I don't think there's anyone in the world and I, cause, you know it's not American it's very British I think you know, the, you know it's, there's a kind of no nonsense quality to it it's not flowery the dialogue nor is the direction or the visuals it's quite In a way, in its own unique way, it's kind of functional, but it all fits perfectly into his plan, which is to just keep you riveted and never know where it's going. He's a magician, and Mm. I think it's so superb. And He's such a unique... Um, talent now i think it makes me feel incredibly proud that this Mm. british genius is uh, and you know they go on hulu and netflix or whatever but i think everyone now is like the whole world is waiting for this series to play out and it's fucking
0: brilliant and it doesn't disappoint like it's twisty it's funny it's also really funny like adrian dunbar is like a is is a deadpan masterpiece he's just genius in this but it's also like this i think is one of the most emotionally hard hitting of any of the episodes yeah. today it's, like, yeah. it's really full on yeah. and i will say i think this is this is absolutely essential viewing. But if you are just coming to this, if you haven't seen Line of Duty yet, do go back. Do watch it from the beginning. There aren't that many of them. There's there's obviously there's a previous four seasons, but there there they're six episodes each. You know you can skip through this relatively quickly. It's really good stuff. Are they all on iPlayer, Boyd? I think they're all on uh, iPlayer. I think they're, all on, Netflix as they're well, on Netflix. On Netflix as well. Yeah. Okay, good, yeah. good. So you can go and see it. Do see it. Line of Duty is amazing.
1: And there are moments which are actually about. Subtlety because I know what you're saying, he's very, um, to the point, and there's none of that kind of um, he doesn't dance around anything, he doesn't go for metaphor when he can just go with kind of mm. a directness. But there are kind of seeds of of Islamophobia, even there's oh, yeah, you know, yeah. all of these which aren't yeah. actually overplayed at all, they're yeah, kind of right. left hanging. Yeah. And some of those scenes, there's a, a bit in the middle that I, d- I don't really want to describe, but I found so devastating mm. and so emotionally yeah. taxing and and the way the complexities of the characters where you have um, good people who you think are good people kind of being motivated by emotion and and revenge and a sense of betrayals, a kind of getting into territory that makes you massively uncomfortable And and always with him right, that's how you never know who it's going to be and who's yeah. going to turn and who you can trust because fundamentally they're all complex people driven by the same things that every a human being is driven mm. by as well I
2: yeah everyone oh. has issues don't they everyone yeah. like these very clear. He plants these like yeah. every single person has he, there's a tiny little glimpses of home life of, yeah. of the characters literally like maybe one scene each for our three and they've all mm. got little things going on and it's so clever you're like yeah you just you know every, you know every, everyone's home life everyone's private life there's the, that turmoil that goes on every, just your daily life and he contrasts that social with the professional side which we see 95% of the mm. time just those little droplets of hints of stuff that is wrong Every one's life that could cause them to do stuff that you may not approve of. It may be immoral or amoral or whatever. Yeah. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, because there are three concurrent yeah. scenes at the end where, you, as you say, you get a very small glimpse mm. into what each of their private lives look like now. Yeah. And so much is not said in those scenes, yeah. but the kind of opportunities and potential that plants in your brain It's kind of extraordinary. There was one bit that irritated me. I hate to say this, but there was a bit where they chase somebody and she stops to pick up her handbag. And it (laughs) really irritated me. Before the chase? (laughs) Yes. And she, like, goes and she runs for the chase and picks up her handbag. And then when she runs down the stairs, it's across her body. And I'm like, I am sorry. As a woman, you would leave that handbag. Uh, Would you, though? Yes.
0: What if it was, like, a mulberry bag?
1: I'm, I'm saying. D- I don't know what that is.
0: It's <laughs> high. <laughs> expensive. I can't believe James has outdone you with posh handbag talk. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. And on that Mulberry bombshell, <laughs> uh, that is Line of Duty. It debuts on Sunday, the 31st of March at 9 pm on BBC One. Absolutely watch it. Next up is Dead Pixels, which stars Alexa Davis, Will Merrick, and Charlotte Ritchie as a trio of online gamers who are obsessed with a popular MMORPG called Kingdom Scrolls. Boyd looks at me, what the <laughs> fuck is that? It's a massively multiplayer <laughs> online role playing game, boy. Oh, uh, okay. It's exec produced by Sam Bain and Jesse Armstrong and involves grinding bears loot ninjuring, and a rather harsh bit of hammer-powered noob ganking. I think you'll agree (laughs) when you're void. Uh, Terry, what's funny about this is I was really looking forward to seeing your face watch this because I thought you would be absolutely baffled and have no time for this at all however Terry watched it with me and she pissed herself you were laughing your arse oh off oh
1: my god so this is the biggest shock of the week for yeah. me right is I was fully expecting to not like this because you know the description says it's a comedy which is part live action and part computer animation A I think that is incredibly difficult to pull off anyway you know Ready Player One by Spielberg is probably mm. as close as we've got to a proper blending of, of those things I think it's incredibly difficult but Uh, I found this genuinely hilarious. And let me tell you, that is mainly due to Alexa Davies, who plays Meg, who is fucking hilarious. And I recognised and I couldn't work out where from, and she was in Raised by Wolves, right, boys? That's right, yeah. Yeah. I I wrote down, and I'm going to pick my notebook (laughs) up here, because I was just writing her lines down. And she said, (laughs) the way she talks about sex, the way she talks about, like, it picks up, it opens... And she's on a date playing badminton, and the whole exchange um, she has with her mate on the phone um, about this date. She starts. There's one bit where she says, "Well, I'm that guy I like, I work. Um, well, when I say I like him, I want to smash my private parts into his. Like, she, the way she talks about sex and physicality is so funny and See, so. Genuine. I wanted to
0: ask you about that because yeah. I want. I thought this will either go one of two ways because I found it quite crude and i was like i was like i wonder whether terry would be like this is some man writing a woman's dialogue women don't talk like this i thought you might bristle at no, it no
1: i didn't and what i enjoyed was so you've got these three friends as you say who all basically communicate via this game and yeah. while they're in this game and that's why it flips between yes. live action. so you, and you that. see them
0: playing the game and you see them outside the game and most of it mm-hmm. happens
1: and actually very little is actually outside of the game apart from there's some stuff between um her and her flatmate which is very funny um but Actually, most of it takes place within this world and it actually creates a really interesting context. The funniest thing that happens is this new guy at work called Russell they basically kind of invite him into the game and, and he's a newbie, right? And he says all the embarrassing things and he discovers if you pull your sword out of its sheath, it looks like you're wanking, <laughs> which all, all of the things like a normal person would find hilarious about this world, a world you're very familiar with, James. Yeah. Um uh, And a lot of the humour comes from that and the kind of clique. And it actually, is quite, um, it's quite smart on how cliquey and um, mean and the kind of basement-dwelling psychology of those people. Like, actually, I thought it was very kind of self-aware of those stuff and really funny. I thought she spoke exactly as women that I know speak. I just thought it was laugh out loud. I'm struggling to see kind of beyond episode one what happens now because there wasn't so much around character development or really the sense of the big storytelling threads that could move forward. I'll be interested to see. Presumably what there's some kind of
0: endgame raid content coming well, up.
1: Well I'm sure there is. <laughs> of course. But, so I don't know where it goes past episode one, but and there isn't a huge amount of substance in it, let's be clear. But I found it incredibly entertaining and really, really funny.
2: Well, in answer to that, I think that I've seen episode two, and I think it, what it does is it's kind of it it, 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 it very underplays the the central relationship. I think is between um Meg, played by Alexa Davis, brilliantly, as you say, she is an absolute yeah. st- fucking star, and Will Merrick, who yes. plays Nikki. The two of them kind of are the ones that are really key. Yeah, and he, Will Merrick, you recognise? He was in Skins. He's he's great as well, and he's quite manipulative. And it's, and there's a very subtle thing going on between them. And mm. I, f- I feel certainly from his side. Anyway, And so a lot of it is him trying to get her to not deal with the men that she wants, she's interested in. And this will play out, I think, further as it goes along. Um, And he's, you know, he's completely trying to be on his own and trying to, you know, trying to kind of not even indicate that he has any interest necessarily in her. But I think that might develop and uh, by the way I think they're putting the whole thing out as a boxer on on, oh, on all four mm. so you can see the whole thing all six episodes one go I think John Brown, so John Brown has written this a man mm. who wrote episodes of Fresh Me and Peep Show for Sam Bain Jesse Armstrong and I think he has an incredible job isn't he and yeah. I, I think because as you say it just feels absolutely authentic the way they talk the way she talks but the way everyone talks as well and the, the nerdy world of the gaming I've completely <laughs> bought that that depiction and how they and just what happens to the poor guy the newbie and how they kind of pursue him I thought it was so clever and smart I just believed it completely and and the dialogue and performances are great I think yeah it's a really really good show and I think it kind of shows I think that that influence this is Sandbank and Jesse Armstrong's production company that's made it and I think they just know that this is quality and it's like you know it's almost like I feel you know the way Peep Show mm. used its gimmick of that mm. subjective camera as a kind of thing to draw you in I feel this is drawing you in with this idea of the game and seeing the this virtual world and the computer generated stuff but actually it's about relationships you know yeah. it really, and it's a really smart view of yeah. contemporary relationships J- the way Peep Show
0: was back in the day
1: James as our resident geek <laughs> what did you think?
0: Well, it, the, the gaming stuff really, I mean, resonated with me in a, in a big way. As And I have I might have mentioned this on there before, I am a recovering World of Warcraft addict. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, I, I played World of Warcraft so excessively that I gave myself RSI. Wow. But there is, there is a thing like when you play these games, it does become more consuming. And when you're not playing it, all you do is think about it. And when they're playing it at work, I genuinely found a way to bypass the firewall at Empire Magazine so wow. that while I was working late, while we were working on the iPad edition, I could play World of Warcraft at my desk. That is a true story. Right. Um, it's all coming out now. So basically, this is your life. This is yeah. so what I'm saying. You are Will Merrick's character. It's important you understand that I, with- I now <laughs> see that that was wrong and I Ooh. now see that I had a problem and I don't do that kind of thing anymore. So I do totally get this Yeah, and I'm with it. And Dan Jolin, who works for Ample yes. Max, he was in my guild in World of Warcraft. My and when God. we went out to LA to do uh, to <laughs> hang out with Steven Spielberg when he guest edited <laughs> the issue, um, me and Dan would meet up online and do dungeons so I'm out in LA but instead of I'm Playing World of Warcraft. Wow. I also had to grind rep with the Netherwing faction. But anyway, so. so do you
1: think it was really. <laughs>
0: yeah, anyway, I'll do they, you think I'll it was really. complete and... weirdo. Yes, yes yeah. I do. Now, in terms of the actual humor, I, I found it funny. But as you know, for me, it's very hard for me to tell whether something's funny or not. So, but I think the only criticism I had of this is it didn't feel fresh. And the reason it didn't feel fresh for me is this subject matter has been tackled before and tackled very well. So, uh, South Park did this in the Make Love Not Warcraft episode. And a lot of the kind of tropes, like grinding stuff, the grind of sort of killing bears and stuff, that's been handled before. But also, Felicia Day did a very popular web series called The Guild, which has been around for years. And that is very similar to this. It was a It's a short form because it was a web series, but it is about a group of friends who play a game. They just call it The Game. They never name the game. But it's basically World of Warcraft because that's what Felicia Day used to play. Uh, and again, it, it's a lot of the similar themes. So it's it felt very reminiscent of that. And I think if I wasn't so familiar with The Guild, I would have thought this was better than I did but I think this is good don't get me wrong but I also think if people want to check out the Guild they should because that's very good do you
1: think pe- most people have seen the Guild though if this is like I think
4: know.
0: what Terry's saying is no one's seen the no Guild apart seen the from Guild. you yeah okay fair enough it's just there's even a song there's this a-
1: is E4 don't you I mean that's the thing right this yeah. is E4 this is kind of um, maybe not aimed at people like you yeah um so so i think i found that kind of i found it's refreshing because i'm yeah. not kind of that familiar with this world or with the people in this world um and that's what made me laugh about it and so but i i what's it called the guild
0: the guild yes
1: the Guild. felicia day Alicia Day, I may check it out.
0: But also, not just that, but there's actually there's a song she released. Do You Want to Be My MMO? I think it's called. And it's really, really fucking funny. What's MMO, sir?
1: So?
0: Uh, massively multiplayer online game. Uh, Wouldn't
1: but, that be MMOG?
0: you drop the G. So it's MMORPG if you're talking the massive multiplayer online role playing game. So why'd you uh, put the G uh, in there? You, you then? abbreviate it because MMORPG is quite a mouthful. But so you abbreviate you can't it to just MMO. Can
1: drop one of the. Sure you can. <laughs> no.
0: And we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So but anyway, so so we've gone around the houses there. But yes, this is, uh, this is very good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I do recommend it. This is Dead Pixels. It starts on Thursday, the 28th of March at 9.30pm on E4. And as Boyd said, it's being released as a box set so you can watch them all. Very exciting. Next up, we have season three of The Good Fight, the sequel show to CBS's The Good Wife, which sees the continuing legal wranglings of Christine Baranski's Diane Lockhart, now accompanied by Rose Leslie, Delroy Lindo, and many others. I'm a big fan of this one, um, especially when it goes completely off the rails. It goes batshit mental on Flights of Fancy, and this new season certainly has its fair share of that. They have a new regular, which is a weird animated short musical segment, which was nice. Uh, season three kicks off with a Me Too-themed episode, uh, where the partners at Regular. Bozeman Lockhart discover that the Reddick name might not be all it's cracked up to be boy you're a you're a diehard goodwife fan aren't you, so you I'm delighted to have this bat for season three.
2: Yeah, I think it's incredible. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Um, uh, I think The Good Wife was like the one of the best. The Good Wife was a network, mm. you know, mainstream prime time show. Ran for seven seasons on American TV, you know, and it was unbelievably subversive and clever and smart mm. and um, just incredibly dealing with politics and the law and and celebrity and everything really. And the and it, and it what and of course the cleverest thing it did was it touched upon. What was happening in the world at yeah, that it's time? Very current, very topical. very current. And mm. this, but this, one this is even yeah. more. Like this is like um, th- almost like feels like things that are happening right now as yes. we speak on CNN, absolutely, um, and Fox News. I've been commented on by the storylines. Um, there are references to Trump. There's whole, there's there's a whole extraordinary thing going on between Felicia and her husband and um, and, and and Trump. I won't yeah, give the away. The NRA, a great little, Gary Cole. Yeah, yeah. There's a great twist. Um, in that first episode about that. And I just love the fact that it is completely, and, and the Me Too um, story, I thought we dealt with that. Very so well inter- done. So interesting, yeah, yeah. so intriguing. The opposite of some of the other clumsy, clunky um, depictions of that issue we've had recently. I, I love it, yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's
0: interesting, because it, it's like The Good Wife. It's like it takes that formula, but it ejects some of the melodrama and doubles down on the very quirky, slightly odd, very self-aware elements that made that so... So good. I really like Kush Jumbo in this as Luca Quinn. She obviously started yeah. out in The Good Wife as well, but she's she's coming to her own very much in, in this series. Uh Michael Sheen turns up in this one. He turns up in the second episode uh as a, shall we say, very over-the-top character. Um, there's so much, so much fun. Like she's got like Diane's like start doing aikido, and she's got like a conspiracy not aikido sensei. Really smart, really self-aware. Uh yeah, I I, I really enjoyed this. I've been looking forward to it coming back. I won't say it's a better show than The Good Wife, but I do weirdly quite prefer it. I think it's very more fun. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it is,
2: it's unleashed. Yeah. It's it like is. the creators can, can do what they want. They've yeah. got more freedom to do what they want because it's not an, a, 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 it's on CBS.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, on, it's very sweary. Very sweary. Yeah. It's yeah. very sweary. Yeah. It's very, yeah. very so good. So it's like a cable. It's like an adult cable version of The Good Wife. Yeah. Know? It's good stuff. Uh, and The Good Fight returns on Thursday, the 28th of March at 9 p.m. on More Four. So do check that out if you are of a mind to. But finally this week, we have Hannah which is Amazon's serialised reinterpretation of the Joe Wright film of the same name, which stars Esme Creed Miles in the Saoirse Ronan role as a girl who is raised in a forest by Joel Kinnaman to become a deadly killer assassin before being unleashed on an unsuspecting Mireille Enos and her team of CIA black ops 'er Um, ne'er-do-wells. I really like this, but the thing about this, I'm going to tell you, which is most depressing to me, is that... The day I started work at Empire, I interviewed Samantha Morton, and it was a month after she'd given birth to Esme Creed-Miles, who is now doing interviews for this show and who I saw earlier this week. Wow! <laughs> so you liked it. <laughs> That's my takeaway. Okay. That's all I'm giving you. That's
2: what. Um, yes, I did. It's like inter- it. Well, for me, yes. the thing that was quite enjoyable about Hannah the film mm. was that it was very hyper. It was kind of quite funny. It was quite it had a kind of like, you know, we're gonna have fun with this
0: ludicrous thing. It's very stylised. Well, there's a whole it's a whole fairy tale narrative, isn't yeah. it? Like he he amps it up this right. wicked witch right. imagery in right. there. It's Whereas very this off the rails. This T V series version yeah. is not like that. No, it's not stylized it's at all.
2: Quite it's quite slow. It's quite, mm-hmm. I would say, humourless. Yes, it's a little bit kind of grey and kind of. Um, so it's, it's like a completely different tone of Gotham, which is fine. But I was surprised by that, and I think it might take me a while to get used to that. Yeah. it's taking
0: itself quite seriously. I felt, and yeah. I wanted
2: more of the kind of wit and zing. But
0: interesting. So this is this is uh, this is written and essentially showrun by David Farr, who yeah. co-wrote. Joe Wright film. Well, right. I say co-wrote. He, he did the final draft, I think, of the, of the, the screenplay of that. But I think he, his reasons for doing this is to explore... Themes they didn't get to do in the film okay. because Joe Wright wanted to make a very quirky, very skewed, almost surreal, almost David Lynch-inspired film. Right, and this is much more, I guess, a, a kind of nuts and bolts. Yeah, it's more grounded. Thriller. It's more. It's
2: probably yeah. more. It's more. It's you know. It's it seems fairly realistic and authentic and all that. Yeah. I just I, I want it to be slightly more fun. I, I'm going to carry on watching it though, which is which is the main As thing. I. And I would say that it's it reminded me of Leave No Trace. You know that mm. brilliant, brilliant mm. film, yeah. which is all about a father and daughter. Opting out of society and in a live, literally living in a forest, I felt I had a lot of that going on in it, which I quite liked. It's
1: yeah, I thought it was um, a really solid dramatically, and it looked it looked good. But I, I'm kind of where Boyd is, which is I really enjoyed the film and Sershah and Wright's kind of. The world he created, I found really intoxicating yeah. and compelling. And it's difficult, right? Because in some narrative ways, it's actually very similar. The first episode, and and you're not dealing with that many surprises, which which um in some ways is good. But then you do notice the absence of that. It's kind of like the colours been taken out of it a little bit. And Esme Creed-Miles is really great, but you know, Saoirse for me really owned that mm. performance, and so. I'm kind of where Boyd is, which is, um, I think, you know, it's really kind of solid and isn't necessarily, doesn't do anything badly, but the shadow of the film really looms long. I'll be interested to see how they use the narrative structure and the storytelling of, of episodic television yeah. to really be able to do something different. And I, my, I'm going to commit to it a bit further because I think it could get really interesting kind of around episode three, four, where do we go... Yes. Once that time window is has gone. But yeah, I'm still a little bit...
0: It does actually get really interesting around specifically episode four. Mm. Uh, this a lot of people will watch this I guess because it's got Marainos and Joel Kinnaman who yes. were in the US remake of The Killing and they were really really good in that together so I want to see them together on screen unfortunately they are not together on screen until episode four right. which is a very key episode and where you start to get an understanding for I guess in this show it makes sense it's long form storytelling. I mean they, they, there's a lot more layering to the character relationships their history yes. their past um, and, and all of that kind of starts to come into effect I haven't seen much beyond that though I do Have the rest of the episodes, and I definitely will be watching them. Yeah, I thought this was really fun. I really, I really like when it comes to sort of this kind of espionage thriller. I like them to be po-faced and humourless. Like I really, (laughs) honestly, (laughs) I mean,
1: the least surprising, surprising yeah. Funnily enough,
0: I need (laughs) them to be po-faced and humourless because I need to be in that world, and that is not a world that's laced with humour. You know, the stakes are very high. It's very, very serious. It's life or death. You know, I like the, you know, like the Bourne films. That kind of. Sensibility where it is serious as a heart attack, and that's where I want it to be. I don't need comic relief. I want it to be. I'm not saying comic relief.
2: I think you'll find someone, some great writer somewhere, once wrote a thing about how even the most serious things need some level of humour and do you know what there were little there actually were tiny little moments of it Yeah, the they first talking episode. about me yeah, they were yeah. there were tiny little moments so when, when she meets the little the guy the, the, the kind of kid and that she meets a few times in that yep. first episode there, there was almost moments which were a little bit almost almost and that but that's all I need some sliver because I think it's just not human to go even the most yeah. serious moments in your life even the biggest and actually yeah. I think in the Bourne films in the best Bourne films there are moments of humour I would say that so you may think there aren't but there probably are There's moments you don't the, recognise them. Yeah,
0: because I don't understand humour. I think mean, there's moments of lightness. It's not. It's not like. Okay, there's, call it comic relief, but there are moments where yeah, I'm the not tension spending alleviate. comet relief. I don't want Rowan Atkinson to pop up saying <laughs> <Yeah>. "wibble." <laughs> and that's
1: the thing, right? It's it's, it's long form. It's long, so I think. Yeah. If you, especially if you watch these kind of in one sitting. Or, how is it being shown?
2: I think it all eight episodes. It, yeah, yeah. All, so they if they you're going to
1: sit there for fucking eight hours, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, exactly. Pacing,
1: pacing is the key, people. And as Boyd says, it's not to me like somebody pops up and tells a fucking knock-knock joke <laughs> or a my mother-in-law, but you're just that kind of those moments of, of light and shade. Um Kind of propel you along, mm. and but you know, I'm, as you as you mentioned, I'm really interested in some of the points of characterization, that father daughter dynamic, yeah. seeing those things which you didn't really have time to be excavated and dug out in the film. I think would be are going to be really interesting because making the most of the medium will be the best thing that they can do. Yeah. And, and, you know, and God, if they'd have tried to make a TV version of the film and followed that kind of stylistic template, oh, that would have been...
2: too much. Yeah. Do you know too what much, I mean? That exhausting. would have been... Yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: so I think it's, yeah, I it's a really difficult task. I think it was always going to be really difficult. Mm. Um, but I think the proof will be in the entire kind of arc of the series um, and mm. some more knock-knock jokes.
0: And <laughs> Esme Creed point worth pointing out, this is her, pretty much her first lead role in anything. Mm. Uh, and she's very, very good. Mm. Very good indeed. That is Hannah, which drops in its entirety on Amazon Prime on Friday, the twenty ninth of March. And if you do enjoy that and definitely tune into next week's podcast when I will be talking to stars Murray Enos and Joel Kinneman about, among other things, martial arts, Terry Pratchett, and the art of quite literally taking a shit in the woods. <laughs> True story. Our pick of the week this week has to be line of duty, doesn't it? Yes, yes, easily. (laughs) Yeah,
1: every day. Watch it every day. Watch it
0: all day, every day. Yeah. Watch nothing else. Um, yeah. I'm just, but generally, good, good selection. I'm saying. a yeah. Good week. Good week for talent Yeah.
2: Can I quickly mention a show that we didn't have a chance to review That also I interviewed um, Aidan Gillen, which we'll be playing out in mm. a future episode. Which is uh, his new show is called Project Blue Book. Yeah. It's on Sci Fi starting on the 27th next Wednesday, and it's all about a genuine scientist who explored UFOs for um, the American government, and he was a real person. He really did this, and he ended up. Kind of believing that UFOs were a thing, and he even advised Steven Spielberg on *Close Encounters of the Third Kind*, one of the greatest films of all time. So, Project Blue Book on Sci-Fi is an interesting show.
0: Okay, good stuff. Uh, I've done my banshee. Oh yeah, but you two haven't. So, would you like to?
1: I'm gonna go with *Southland*. I, I enjoy James's complete look of...
0: Haven't you done Southland already? No. Nope. No I've fine. done Southland oh, no! already. <laughs> this, I knew someone had. This speaks <laughs> volumes great. of how little you listen when I speak. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> no, no. No, carry on, Terry. Carry on. Please southland explain to me. No, I want to hear it. What have you got to say about Southland? Oh, uh, classic. <laughs> Unbelievable Sitting there on your laptop Doing your that own thing Oh James is talking That's I've good. got emails to read <laughs> good. Good. Terry has we've dissolved
2: We've broken into Terry Or <laughs> well, she's broken herself
1: So why I was going to talk about it <laughs> yeah. Thank God somebody has it last Um, uh, blah blah gritty most realistic (laughs) cop show on television blah blah great cast Benjamin (laughs) Mackenzie Lucy Liu Regina King the creator was worked on NYPD Blue the producer worked on ER all of those amazing things come together for some proper storytelling watch Southland
0: (laughs) I think James will agree yes yes Terry do do tell me where can I watch (laughs) Southland tell me yeah (laughs) If anyone, if anyone else listening to this tends to, you know, tune me out, and it's fully understandable, then you will have just had a new recommendation from Terry. That's Uh, Southland, which is available.
1: I think it's on Amazon, but let me check.
0: It's also available in. You must not say,
1: did not say DVD. (laughs) It fucking is, you know. Of course it is. Oh my god, Um, the complete first season is on Prime Video.
0: There you go. There you go. Boyd, well, do, you, do you want to do, uh, I don't know, <laughs> something else maybe that I've done? Do you, like, Hell on wheels? Rome, perhaps?
1: Rome, you should yeah. do that show called um, Banshee. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> <You know> Tell <what? laughs> about
0: Banshee, There's a show called Banshee. know so you heard of it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> now I was quitting. I'm going to mention Teachers. Teachers oh. it was Channel 4's a wonderful um, four series of it, a drama all about the world of schools and <laughs> teaching. And it's it brought Andrew Lincoln from This Life uh to the world and it was great and it was James Fallon who produced this life, also produced Teachers and she did a, she did a brilliant job on both shows um, I was going to it was a toss up I thought this life everyone's heard of this life, so that's not much of a banter but some people probably the youngsters still aren't aware of Teachers and it's all on all four it's go for free you can watch it all on the box and it's great and also uh, James Corden was in it as well
0: your celebrity friend my then, celebrity Corden. friend yeah. I've never seen Teachers you know what I've never seen this life either oh my God, you've got to see This Genuinely true. This I've never seen This Life
1: before. No, Probably. no, but I've,
0: it's because I remember when This Life Plus 10 came out and I was like, oh, it just means nothing to me. And I tried to watch the first episode of This Life and obviously it, it shows its age a lot. Um, I don't think In it was... what way? Which it looks old. Oh. Well, yeah, but, I mean, everything, well, looks, everything from that yeah, result, everything yeah, from It was a, a brilliant, brilliant show. Yeah, I, I need to give it another chance. Like, I can't remember why I didn't continue watching oh, it. Oh, you need I to watch it. Was it was f- f- fucking brilliant, yeah. But one thing, here's a show that I've tried to get. Did you ever watch Gilmore Girls? Yes. Yeah, so Gilmore Girls is a show that is universally acclaimed. I cannot like it. I have tried to watch it so many times. I've even watched the whole first season to try and like it, and I'm just a bit meh on it. Mm, okay.
1: There is going to be a new second segment called (laughs) Make James Like Something He Really Should Like.
0: I'm down with that, though we need to find a pun title for it. Make James meh. Oh, gosh. Right. I think at that point, for the sake of, of one remaining listener, uh, that is it for another Pilot TV podcast. Before we go, however, uh, I'm having a slight mathematical issue that I would like to raise, and it's this. It seems many, many thousands of people have been listening to the podcast, and yet, and I'm eternally grateful for that, and yet a mere 200 or so have popped onto iTunes and left a review. So, if you have any downtime this week, please do head over and leave us a five-star review and add your comments to those, I don't know, of Lou Diamond Ricketts, who dubs me, and I quote, an insufferable bot who ruins the
4: podcast.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Lou. I love you too. Uh, feel free to add your voice to his, or alternatively to that of Scouse Neil, his words, not mine, who says, Great podcast that covers all areas of TV. James Dyer is great. No idea why he takes so much abuse. I've heard for a Trekkie he is also a passionate and considerate, yet aloof lover okay <laughs> thanks Neil uh, that's an interesting conclusion to draw But I'll, I think that's I'll a quote that. isn't it
2: from somewhere I is think that might be an Alan Partridge quote is that why I don't understand it I think it? so yeah Okay. it's a, okay, so it's a quote. reference. quote yeah, it's a
0: reference exactly okay good uh, so as well as leaving feedback on our various lovemaking techniques do feel free to harass us directly on Twitter and Instagram at Terry underscore White or at Terry L. White on Instagram at Boyd Hilton at James C. Dyer and at Pilot TV Mag we will be back next week when as I've mentioned I sit down with Murray Enos and Joel Kinneman. And until then, we shall don our balaclavas and strap in for more AC-12 action. Pilot out. Armoured cars and tanks and guns Came to take away our sons But every man
3: should stand behind the men behind the wire Come on, Armoured cars and tanks and guns Came to take away our sons But every man should stand behind the men Oh, that was that.
4: yeah, that's mighty, yeah, double O feckin' bollocks. Oh my God, that was like an advert for the IRA. <laughs>